Here's a little preview of what's coming up on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. So I got on, I did the clean out thing and I'm standing up on the pegs and I tell them, you know, hold the handle grip. So I'm up on the pegs, I clean it out and I go to give it a wicked old crack. He didn't have his grips wired on. I go, boom, the grip flies out. I fall off the pallets into the water. Somehow, I don't know how, this, this I'm in the water up to my stomach and I got this XR600, the tires are on the pallets and I, I'm holding the gas tank and I'm like this and all I hear is the photographer, Dario Grati, <laughs> bravo Jerry, I'm like almost drowning. It's kind of hard to explain. You're just gonna have to listen. <laughs> Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where uh, we ring bells, have special guests, and uh, we're going to fix the sound right now. Jerry Bernardo. Jimmy, how are you, sir? Yeah, get really close to your microphone. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, how are you, sir? Really good. It sounds okay, right? A little on the quiet side. A little on the quiet side. You just said that I'm quiet? Oh. The yeah. challenge is on. It's a gauntlet. <laughs> Eastwood.com in a bus. So uh, those, but we send all this back into this thing over here, right? Yes. So where does it come in to this one? It's this, this one here and it's already maxed out. I think it's guest. It's guest. So there. Yeah. Say hi, Jerry. Hey, how you going? What's hi. happening? There, that's, Matt's on top of it. Yep. Well, I used to know how to do all this stuff. And then I sort of started passing off the, the, the tasks and it's, it's amazing how quickly I forget. Yeah. It's like when I try to go edit a video, I don't do it. I, I watched you guys use your phones tonight. It was pretty spectacular. We put posts on the, um, the Instagrams or something. Yeah. And I didn't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was called the disassembly of technical wizardry. You Why still, is this, this you thing? still clean your filter? Air filters? Yeah. Do you still All the time. Your, oh, okay. I know how to do that really good. I actually did. I did an air filter today. I use this stuff, this water washable air filter fluid. It's from Rockwell. It's a company over in Europe. I clean my air filters with water and they come out perfectly clean. So it's not a sponsor plug. And speaking of sponsors, this show would not be possible without the help from our sponsors tonight. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I didn't realize how bad it was. I was getting I a sunburn. I was getting a sunburn on my ear. Yeah. Yeah. So now I we're doing like Van Gogh at a brave. Now we're working on technical difficulties here. <laughs> <laughs> you just look this, like this is the That's it. this is the first five minutes of this show every time. It's like how do we fix the problems that we've not every time. Oh really? Yes. No, oh, you Only you have a lot. Yeah, you have a lot of extra. You have a lot of extra time sitting over there now. I'm going to start bringing in co-hosts because it seems like it's going pretty smooth, other than the soundboard. But back to the sponsors: Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Chef Three, Victor Andrade, Seat <laughs> Seat Concepts, Boltproof Designs, and tonight the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. Wow, uh, Gene is. Nice enough to, I don't know the deal you made with the aliens to have you guys brought in here to, to Pahrump, which is kind of like, it's sort of like getting into some of those countries that are in super lockdown crazy. It, you, to get to Pahrump is not easy. You have to go over a hill. Yeah. Just one flush away from Vegas. And <laughs> Right. And... But you guys came in a spaceship and like, we don't, are we allowed to talk about this? Or are they going to kill us? Uh, you know, I think my guy and the NSA said we're fine. Okay. So they were delivered in and Gene somehow found Jerry and they're, they're here. 
and we're going to talk a little bit about the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. I got a new set of shoes. Pretty cool. Gene will and, tell you about the hot shoes. And I'm not even as needy as you would think. Actually, I'm probably more needy than you think, but like in a different way. Princess and the P. A P in the pod. Princess and the P. Okay. It's a it's a it's a it's a, t- it's a thing. I don't know. It's something that's a running joke on the show that I don't understand. Oh, Matt. I can. Well, it has it has to do with front disc rotors, like disc guards on on uh, on a motorcycle. Those aluminum disc guards they put on there. I felt one once, like and not in a good way. And then now I'm I'm peeing a pod. So, hey, we're gonna um, we're gonna answer questions like we usually do so this show tech talk taco tuesday is we answer motorcycle and motorcycle product related questions but every once in a while we're lucky enough to have really cool in-studio guests and the show goes completely off the rails and that's not going to happen tonight right no (laughs) professional former television host jerry and gene woods the hall of fame founder and former speedway racer we are on point gene I'm scared. You got to be good. Scared. Okay, you just got to get clo- a little closer so to the scared, microphone. Scared. Yeah. So you, you can you you've can. Got, you've got the first superbike champion watching right there, Harry Klinsman. Harry Klinsman. Really? Yeah. He's the first wow. superbike champion. He's in the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame also. So, so let's just talk about the first superbike. Like, what was it? it was a thousand CCs? I believe it was a thousand, and he rode for race crafters. He could probably, uh, you know, chat in there, Harry. Let I us won- know what it was. I wonder. How unrideable those motorcycles oh, were. Evil from the stuff I saw. Because in the old days, and this is, this is what everybody kind of just, they think the new bikes are really powerful or more powerful. They're not. Like, they make better power and more power over longer range. But in the old days, bikes made a shit ton of power. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Yeah. And the guys that rode these things on crappy tires with crappy brakes on bikes that didn't handle were... Just like all of us, nuts. Half the ambulances didn't even start. (laughs) (laughs) But Gene, you would know, seriously, name a few of the guys that excelled at what he just described, that sort of equipment, but they still hauled ass. Drop a few names from back in the day. Harry Klinsman is a classic example of riding a thousand thousand cc. Yeah. You know, KX, whatever they are, the Kawasaki Racecraft special deal. Yeah, Kale. Yeah, and the only reason I know any of this stuff was I was lucky enough to work at Cycle World Magazine for a long time, and they had an incredible archive. And I was, for the most time I was there, I was bored out of my skull because there wasn't enough work for me to do because they only had like one page a month on dirt bikes, and I was the off-road editor. And I would so I'd sit in the library and I just go through these files and just like look at some of the some of the stuff, you know the, you know the the the, 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 the you know there's the Kenny Roberts file and the Eddie, Law, Eddie Lawson's the names that are really familiar. But then you you dive into some you know, file where you race you early motocross stuff where, you know, the, the Europeans, the Torsten Hallmans and the guys that came over the Lindstrom's and the guys that came over to the U S to the teach us about guys. motocross. And yeah. I, I didn't know any of this cause I was just a kid, but, and they'd probably done a story on it 15, 20 years earlier. And I was able to look through the file and read the old, you know, handset type on the, on the file. And it was, it was really cool. It was, it, it's interesting. And, in learning about you and the 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 Hot Shoe Hall of Fame, when I when I went there because Jerry forced me to, uh, I'm not into. I, I I'm kind of eh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> That's like, what they all say when they're in college. Oh, I was experimenting. It was he forced me? It was kind of weird. 
Yeah. Okay. So I had, so I, so I had, I had, how many characters do I get to talk about myself? I don't know. You're just dominating, but it is your show. So I'm just no, sitting you, back. You, no. How many characters did I get to describe myself in the, in the thing? It's real specific. You get in the, in the, oh, oh, characters, meaning not words for the hot shoe hall of fame bio. It's not words. It's based on characters, which are letters, 450 characters. Exactly. And no more. And no more. So, so I, so I I had to write a little thing about myself and I'm like, oh, how can I do it in 400? And I know characters because I used to work at a magazine and right. I understand writing and I, you know, there's paragraphs and words and not 450 words, like right, it was right. specifically said in the email. And, and I'm like kind of type, typing this thing. And I'm like, I have a whole show where I can just talk about my, myself forever. Right. And I have to do this now for this. And, uh, but anyhow, but before I did that, I actually, cause you know, I do a little, little research maybe. I Googled myself. No, no, no. And I, then I, my mom caught me and my sock was anyhow. <laughs> it's better than that, Jerry. I read everybody else's bios. I went yeah. through and read all the other ones to to, to see like how how it it's it's kind of it's kind of set up. And that's why I jokingly said we were talking about another friend of ours and it's like, hey, get him to you know in, in basically so submit because you if you think here's the thing, here's the best part. If you think you're a really good motorcycle rider or you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, just call it up and put yourself in there. Right. And there's somebody, probably somebody here, that's going to that's gonna determine your fate. And I still haven't been accepted. A- so actually, I, actually, it goes to 12 board members. 12, pretty famous guys in the motorcycle industry. That, and they make the decision. I think you should stop down for a second because you jumped in midstream. I'm just being honest. You should let Gene explain what the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame is and why he created it in the first place. And then what you're talking about yourself, as usual, it will seem more prevalent, relevant, rather. But we're going to get into you later. No, no, no. I'm saying, what but is the gonna, Hot Shoe oh, Hall of Fame? We're going to let we're going to let Gene do this for sure. So, well, the only way this show is possible, we always have to do you know have to do the sponsor, sponsor. stuff. <sighs> hey Jerry, you know when you were trying to buy that you know that split air conditioning unit or that big giant big screen TV, you you could go on a dirt bike test and you could click through the Amazon links and you could buy it there. Right. And then we get a small chunk, and that helps pay for Matt. Well, probably the medical assistance that Bob's going to need over here after he lost the, the Husaberg <laughs> bell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it helps. It helps us kind of keep this thing alive. Poor Bob. Uh, and also uh, we have a link that goes through to Rocky Mountain MCA TV. I got, I got a box of cool stuff today that I needed to repair some of uh, my many rental bikes. So click through those links and we get a small chunk and it's pretty cool to, uh, to see that that's actually working. So back to Gene, tell us a little bit about the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. Well, the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame is an industry group that we get everybody together once a year for a giant bench racing session and a little bit of an interview session. We have Larry Huffman. Last year we had Peter Starr doing the interviews, and we get Kenny Roberts and all the notables up there on stage and ask them personal questions. So it's, it's kind of a neat deal, and that's just a portion of the show. And the rest of the time, everybody sits around, has something to eat, and, uh, you know, just just hangs out. And it's a great bench racing get-together. It all evolved during COVID when everybody was like, what are we going to do? Well, we had 1,400 people at our first event. Wow. And, uh, and this, was, is in, this is in Las Vegas? It's in Las Vegas on it's, Fremont Street. So downtown Las Vegas. It's in a place called the Notoriety Theaters. I have a go-kart track there where the Hall of Fame is located. And it's, it's literally Las Vegas Boulevard and Fremont Street. You can't find a better location. And we all register in the go-kart track downstairs. They get their badges and you go upstairs to the event. And it's, it's all free. 
Uh, you register online and it's, it's a very simple thing. Do you have the guy that you can like staple a note onto on Fremont Street? Do you have him out front? Well, actually, the guy that says kick me in the nuts for 10 bucks is out there. Uh, so. Jerry, have you seen these guys yet? I have not. I'm not allowed on Fremont Street. Yeah. You sh- you, there's there's a dude that you can staple a note to. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. just getting to this event for most people would be an awesome experience. Like, like in a, in a strange way, you get to see like every, <laughs> every, you'll see everything. And if, if you leave the event, you can go out on Fremont street. Most people come for three or four days and, and this is just part of their, their tour that they take. We get guys come over from Europe, all over the country, fly in, Aldana, you name it. Everybody in the motorcycle industry, literally. John DeSoto. Yeah, John DeSoto, Brad Lackey. Fuck you racing Hawaii, John DeSoto, God carrying member. So, so. I've I've not ridden John's race over there, but like some local guys took me on the trails. I mean, you want to talk about extreme enduro? Yeah, like they, they oh they just call it a little hare and hound over there, but it, yeah. it's it's a freaking extreme enduro yeah. Yeah, legend. Been yeah, there, absolute legend in the rain, upside down on a trail backwards with Phil Ovalin, six time winner of the Monacea, right? Uh, two hundred Monacea enduro two day event greasy you'll be riding along everything's great and then all of a sudden it rains for like 15 minutes and it turns to just red slick ice and you're riding along through the cane fields and next thing you know you're backwards and you think you're like Doug Demokas. unless unless you're riding on the lava rocks and then there's a hundred percent traction except for if you get off of it and you crash into something they're like they're like razor blades the really sharp lava rocks is called ah uh-uh. The slang. Uh, uh, I don't know what the rolly, more smooth one is, but I always remember that. Just the shredding of the tires on the ah uh-uh. Yeah, you had to choke full of the kind pukas already, brah. I almost won that. Only I, Dane would know what I was saying. Yeah. Hawaiian Dane, the Hawaiian hunk. Yeah. I almost, I almost won that one year, but I was riding into lunch and I was so stinking hungry that I saw that they had this setup. It was on a field. It was going up to Mauna Loa because I don't think we went up Mauna Kea that year for some right. environmental reasons, but. You're, you're, you're riding on this, like kind of, you come out of a tree section and you're, you're, I remember riding across this and it was like just grass, like mowed grass. And you just see all the tables and stuff and you could smell it. They had roasted a pig or whatever. And I just started like, oh yeah, lunch. And it was like a 12 mile an hour section or something like that. And there was a, a one of these. And I just like, uh, like that. And I was probably going like 15, rode down, check, burn it. Burned. I, I barely, I think I, I think I did two minutes, but I think I would have, I was close to five. I mean, I scrubbed off a lot of stinking yeah. speed really quick and like. And, Smelled and I, pork, burned a check. Every, every, every it's single. Not very District 37 of them, was it, Bob? Hey, Bob, every, come on, chime in from your little couch over there with the whiskey. Every single like person in that event, except for me, knew that they did that every single year. But hey, let's look at the Howley. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, back to back to that. So, how do we? Okay, so when is this? That's that's the question. January twenty eighth. January twenty eighth. But what we're really about it's almost is, like stereo. I, we brought you a present, but what we're really about is is this right here. I'll hold that up, and, and uh, they can they can run the. We do things. Here. We do things for the needy, and one of the things that we're doing right now is we're giving shoes away to the needy. So whoever that might be, it might be men, women, children, homeless, anybody that needs it, we're going to give them shoes. But you gave me a a shoe. It's a promotional shoe, but you only got one. Now you have to hop. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Sparrow will teach you to hop. No, that's a second one over there. No, you're going to need them. It's a a long ways to civilization. Amber Heard will teach you to hop with Jack Sparrow. 
No, that's a that's a cool thing. I, I I do some running events. I I have a I have a beer drinking club that I run with. It's kind of a crazy thing, but we we often do we especially once once a year they do a red dress run, and everybody wears uh, red dresses, and we run around Las Vegas and strip, and they, they raise money for for the batters batter women's shelter. Mm -hmm. But some of our runs we actually go and we run weird places, not like you know like running around tracks or things. We'll like run down the drainage culverts and stuff like that. And you, you know, give the homeless guys some batteries and, you and, yeah. you know, help you know, yeah. some the tunnel people. people. The yeah. Yeah. Some people, you know, they, they, they're, they're kind of down and out. They need some stuff, but yeah. So I, I think so that's, that's part of our deal. It's a nonprofit. Yeah. Hot Shell Fame is a nonprofit organization. We raise money to do just good things. Motorcycle but, industry giving back. Right. But also celebrate the accomplishments that a lot of people that's part in the motorcycle of it is getting industry us all together. Yeah. And it just has two it has two kind of phases, which is actually right. super super cool. I I'm 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 all on board. That's why I, that's why I filled out that form, Jerry. There you go. With four hundred and thirty nine characters or something like and that. And you nailed it. I mean, it was awesome. I just still don't know if I'm in, Matt. No, I, you're in, uh, Matt. I'm not. Tim sure. Torres says you're in. He's the IT guy. He sent me the verification. You're officially in, along with Johnny Campbell. Did Johnny and many others? Did Johnny have his wife fill his out, or did he write his own? I really don't know. I think he might have done it on the edge schedule. I'm scared now, Jerry, because I think Jerry, Gene's pulling out his phone to see if he got the the, the thing back from the board members. Because I mean, I might have pissed some of these guys off. I was a young punk. No, no, you did a good job. Were you faster than you used to be when you wrote your resume? Uh, you know, the older you get, the faster you are. You oh, you should hear some of my stories, Matt. Matt over here. So Matt's like the the younger generation, and he he's always amazed when I say, "Oh yeah, I did that." And I was like, yeah, I've been around for 50 some odd years. Actually, I was trying to fake my age on something that I was filling out. I'm like, shit, I'm already 50. I'm more than 53. <laughs> Cry me a river. Yeah. Hey, we're going to answer some motorcycle and motorcycle uh, related questions. Look, there's see people in the chat. So if you're just listening to this during the live show and on the video forms of this, there's a chat going on. And people have links to the different uh, different things. So we've got uh, the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame link that's gone up there. Yep. Uh, there's a way to donate if you want to donate to to this through uh, PayPal. Go direct is, to PayPal. You can yep. credit card. However you want to donate, you can do it through that link. Yeah, that's that's uh, pretty cool. And I'm definitely going to make sure I can get to that event this year. I guess it's, it's funny because that always seems like a school weekend for me, but I can switch it up. We can probably figure something out. And I might have missed it, but... You can visit this museum at any time. It's open. We're open seven days a week, noon to midnight. Okay. And it's free. It's in the go-kart track, yeah. but all the plaques of all the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame people are emblazoned all over the walls. I, I have to come visit I'd this like, weekend. Like I, like and I race go-karts. Yeah, like I yeah. told you earlier, it's like I've been down there a bunch of times, and I didn't know there was a go-kart racing facility there. So, you know, I may, may have had a couple cocktails or something like that or – I'm looking at something else. Like I'm, I'm, I'm You're still, probably looking at some other stuff. I'm still, I'm still yeah. fascinated. I'm still fascinated by the person you can staple notes to. Like, did they give you a stapler? <laughs> Enjoy pain while living. Yeah, for Jimmy Lewis. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Let's I, go to Fremont Street. Oh, what? You want to get caught in candy or go to no, like Jerry, El Cortez? Have, no, I want to staple that guy in the throat. No, Jerry, me and you are going to go there and we're going to take some stickers. And we're going to be nice to them. And we're going to put a sticker on them instead of stapling them. Would that be nice? 
adhesive application is far more <laughs> passive than a staple to the back of the neck. Because that's close to here where your carotid artery is. I saw that in a prison movie once. It was just yesterday. You know, something tells me he might enjoy being stapled if he's uh, in Fremont doing that. That could be their thing. I don't know. The, the kick in the nuts guy, that's a whole different level. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a bad holiday right there for sure. Did, Especially if CDs are involved with yeah. that little metal thing on the tip. Uh, so George wants to know, do we get these guys the flat track? No, but we will schedule this. Uh, we'll get you guys back out. So I, I was, you know, we need to take a picture of this. We need to get a picture of this, the Gene's business card. You want me to email that to you? Which has a very, yeah, email it to, well, email, email it to Matt. Matt at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. Matt with two T's. Is there a Matt with one T? Yeah. Really? I didn't know this. Doormat. Doormat, yeah. I used to work with that guy. <laughs> um, let's see. Will you be at the museum on November 26th? Well, it's open from yes. 12 till I just midnight. Yes, Victor Andrade, yes. another member of the GTBN regime, a.k.a. Chef 3, entrepreneur extraordinaire. My yes. boy, Victor, VA, we will be there. You let me know. I'll meet you there. Yeah, hey, so we, we always go back to the questions on uh, the instagrams right now we have a question uh from one gray beard to some other gray beards your thoughts on kidney belts little low back support you know what's funny is like talk about a a, a piece of gear that has just disappeared i mean i wore kidney belts back in the day yeah mm -hmm. i had the gold belt and then i had the kevco stubs yeah like that's the, the one that the, i wore my whole life yeah they had they had it was that one that that all the people that were larry rossler yeah kevco yeah. stubs yeah, they, 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 they I, met, I met the guy who was just a dude that was cruising around at the race. He's like, hey, try this one. And, yeah. and uh, it really worked because it had that, that yeah. extra Velcro support. I always thing. had to wear a kidney belt because, the, like, the day I forgot it, it kind of bothered me. It's like not wearing a bum bag. You know, you don't have your fanny pack on. It just feels weird. Wait, you, so, said, you said fanny pack. I hope well, you we don't have Well, we got bum bag and we got fanny pack. So we got Australia and we got the United States. So let's not fight over it because fanny might be a different word down under. Right. I just wanted to I'm just make saying, that let's get back to the meat and the sandwich. Hey, we're, we're the, the kidney belt. We're I world, wore them we're because worldwide. I liked it. Yeah, we're it worldwide. felt good. Yeah, just easy international. E easy throwing around the yeah. Easy throwing around that fanny packing stuff. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, okay. woke Jen. <laughs> fanny pack. Hey, uh, don't so don't get that confused. Don't yeah, make it yeah so kidney man, kidney belts. <laughs> I, I can't believe that at my advanced age that I'm not riding with one knowing what they did back in the day. That's right. 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 Let's start it. Let's start it. You know what, Jerry, we need to make, we need to make bank. Did they help? We need to make bank here. Let's, well, they did when I was a kid, but I think the suspension was so bad that you, you, you know, you're just pounding hoops, the horrible suspension. Right. But cross grain. That's a, that's a cross that's, the valley. <laughs> Kitty belt is the, is the one thing that needs to come that could come back. Actually, I want to try one now. I, I don't even know if I have one anymore. Oh, well, we he, have a question. He waves his hand all the time. Tuna fisherman still wear them. Tuna fisherman. Tuna fisherman. What? Cause I said fanny pack. You thought a tuna fisherman? So dirty. <laughs> so dirty, Bob. Shame, Bob. Shame. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> just get that kind of threw you off for a second. I just, when can we talk about Peru? 
When can we talk about Gene's Chrome Ice Bike? Tonight we when may. When can we talk about tonight we espresso? may we may not do Rooster Endo. We might just have to go straight into talking about all the things that Jerry wants to talk about. No, it's not that I want to. We had pre-discussed some of these unique topics that are near and dear to our hearts. Gene's Chrome Ice Bike, the I Jawa. I don't confused. like to. I don't like to talk about myself too much, except for like maybe events that I might have won. So, yeah, we can get into the Peru thing when we find time. Hey, as a matter of fact, I just Googled <laughs> it. You did win the Incas Rally in 1996 with Arnaldo Nicoli. Hey, no, but I, I'm still fascinated by the kidney belt. Like, why don't we start a kidney belt company? I would, if I rode, I don't think I even have one now. I just got some gear from a Cherubis. I don't have a kidney belt. I might have a kidney belt. I don't remember, but not wearing one, like right away, I know I don't have it on. So it's a need for me. I'm just so used to it. It's like knee braces. You have to have them on. I know Travis Red. Pastrana has spaghetti knees. He sneezes and yawks himself out. He don't wear them. You said you don't wear knee braces anymore. No. But I want a kidney belt. God damn it. Oh, oh don't shit. break the whole set. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is this set is uh, fucking I, caffeine. This this set is kind of like uh sub <laughs> su substandard, not professional. You should you sometimes you have to ride a Suzuki. <laughs> Well, Travis does sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but that's typical Travis right there. I I used to use Travis in my schools, like to explain things about how the bike works and dynamics and stuff. But he ended up on the podcast. Or no, it's not a podcast. And the show. He ended up on this show. The live stream. And on the last on the last show, I actually took him and threw him in because he started making a bunch of noise. If you touch him the wrong way, he makes right. noise. And so I had to throw him off the set. <laughs> can I can I say a really quick one? Can I say a really quick one about Travis? Right. Pastrana? Yes. Okay. I interviewed Travis Pastrana when I was living in Australia. I did a over the phone interview or in print or whatever. And we talked about when he was 15 years old, one of the first freestyle motocross competitions. And I don't know if you know this, but he pinned his Suzuki 125 and he was trying to make a 120 foot hit. 120 foot being the sweet spot, swap, bleh, sweet spot yep. and he came up short and he landed and he pogoed in so hard that he pulled his spine right out of his hips. No lie. Yeah, no, I heard. And about he's this, only yeah. one in three people in the world. The doctor said that has not been paralyzed from that. They took his spine and they pushed it back down into his hip, put screws in, and he was in a wheelchair for three months. Complete horror show. Lucky he didn't die and or be paralyzed. So when I interviewed him, I said, well, what did you learn on that day? And Travis, classic Travis said, I learned that a Suzuki 125 pinned in fifth could go 115 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about rolling the dice with TP199. Sorry, mom. I'm just trying to have fun with my life. Yeah. Double backflip. She's over there losing it, sweating bullets as big as vanilla jelly beans. <laughs> Love his mom. Yeah. So I, I remember being at the very first freestyle contest in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Like where he yeah. showed up and all these freestyle guys, they had like a heel clicker or a knack knack in the, in the, yeah. in the, in the can. And they were doing their, their kind of runs. And he was a, you know, a, a up and coming just turned pro racer and i have no idea why they showed up there or what they were doing he raced around the course yeah, he fans the clutch did, the whole time did on the on the 120 i did every trick that everybody else did and and raced it and at the time like the tricks were like i said like knack knacks can cans yeah. heel clickers no handers but and at so, that 
but I'm sorry to interrupt at the X games, he rode so fast, like a motocrosser, he would just fan clutch out of the turns. Everybody else would get 11 tricks in. He would get 13, 14 because he was just blazing it on the 125. The thing was screaming, what? Yeah. No sixth gear. What the hell, Travis? Yeah. He was crazy like that, yeah. but it was so much more exciting. You just didn't kind of like turn around and look and, burp, and, burp, burp. and set up for the, oh, the he job. was just but pinning it. More important. He's going into the hot shoe hall of fame this year, along with you, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to... Do I have to grease anybody up, like, besides Jerry? Depends on what you're talking about. Okay. Well, see, you filled out your own bio, but there's some Money. people, like Travis, I hit him up and said, hey, we want to put you in, and it wasn't like he was too busy, but he's too busy, and so there's some people that we, they write, have, they, we write their bio, oh. we make the plaque, and then we just send it to them, so not everybody has to... Do the work Fill to get out in. the questionnaire. So, yeah, we can take care of that. But if you're lame or you're lazy or you're tired or you're asleep or you're with your mom at the mall, we'll fill it out for dad. you. Or your dad. We have to do the dead guys, too. Passed or, or, away. The passed away. Or get in before you die. But the, you asked, the only reason you asked me to do mine because you knew I was an accomplished journalist that understood what 450 characters was. No, I heard you were really sick. Oh, the, oh. I don't know. I haven't told anybody about that yet. <laughs> but, uh, okay. We asked him if he wanted to be in the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame, Gene, so he didn't take us riding on a half-day ride, which means 12 hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So a half-day ride is 12 hours or right. 150 miles, whichever comes last. Right. But I'm kind of softening on those rules a little bit because I like to sometimes ride with my wife. And she just got a new, she got a new knee and a new back, so she's getting back into... She's going to get back into riding with me. And you have a cool. soft stool. Uh, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, we had a, we had a, a question here. I, do you have any thoughts on electron carb for a 04525 EXC? And it's Junior Clark DDMC asked this question. I have a, I know I, I don't, I don't have any thoughts on it because I've never used one of those. And it's Electron, not Electron. And there's a couple of different ones. I've used them. Used to be sponsored by Electron. They have a metering rod in them. Right. It's as opposed very to good, a jet. Very good. So, so actually back in, so I do have experience. Not, I, I don't have any experience with them on the 525 EXE. And I know why he's asking because you, the, you can't get parts for those bikes right now. You can't get carburetors or they're, they're like 1200 bucks for a carburetor. Okay. And the, the Electron or the, there's a couple other. Uh, carbs, car, car, carb companies and stuff. The Al Baker, remember that guy? Yeah. yeah. Al was one of my first. Al's going in this year. 92345 Hesperia, California, where all the beautiful people live where the meth labs run free out near the airport back when Kiefer was still keeping his dad's leg warm. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like Tourette's when I do that. I just like pin it and then I shut up. Go ahead. Got it. Torch I, has been passed. Well, the, the thing is, is I'm trying to process all of that, but back to... <laughs> so am I. Well, you said like four things that like, okay, I know where the shop was. I know Nine, two, I three, four, five. That's Hesperia, California. I, I, yeah, I know where the shop was and, and I know the airport because I yep, did a yep. shit ton of testing with the Electron carburetor on an XR600 yep. back in the day. Gateway to Honda Valley. Right. We, we, we It worked really good and we got a lot of power out of it running up and down the thing. But the minute you went out in the desert and started pounding some hoops, it started bogging and sputtering and spill gas and all this stuff. So, but they've come a long ways. I know this. There's a guy that actually, and here's the thing. Here's the question. question. There's a guy. Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. I can't think of it right now. That's actually taking one of those knockoff Makuni 
or a key and carburetors. He's buying a knockoff carburetor from China mm-hmm. and he takes it and puts key and parts into it. So uh-huh. he, he gets the parts that you can buy and puts so all the metering parts are junk in that carburetor. And he's actually able to give you a, a sort of a knockoff carburetor that actually works. So that might be a better option, but I don't have any experience with that carb. I know they can work. I know uh, they can work, but they don't, they weren't really good at the bumps, you know, bouncing but around that with was the bumps. 25 years ago, right? <laughs> when I was riding for Al, yeah. <laughs> or more. He, he was still flying planes back then. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I used them in like the 70s. So when they first came out. Yeah, it was, they were, they were, they were good. So I know, and I know they've, they've definitely improved because I know a lot of guys are running them on their two, new two strokes and stuff. It was a, a big thing where, where guys were switching out and they liked them. So I don't have any experience with them on that particular bike. So hopefully that answers your question there. See, we're still trying to keep some form out of this show. Ask me what I did in the 70s. What did you do in the oh, 70s, Jerry? Acid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't have a do it. <laughs> in public? <laughs> Pool acid. I yeah. thought it was an eye drop. It was a visine, but the grateful dis. Anyhow. <laughs> okay. Do we have questions up on the chat here? Yeah. There's got to be some good ones. Ice bike. Ice bike. So, Gene, we're going to have you scoot a little bit closer okay, okay. to the, the microphone. Right. Oh. Yeah. So, if you scoot the chair up, you can't help but talk into that oh, okay. thing. So, How's Julian that? Roberts here is asking any recommendations for setting up a 1985 KX500 for motocross. <laughs> sit up on the gas cap okay yeah jerry you don't need to get closer to your mic i'm actually gonna vote yeah, okay that's it's, it's, this one. it's that I've one been, i've been turning it oh you've been dropping them down a little bit yeah they, in increments yeah gene just restored a 1987 cf 500 89 dual sport you said it was 87 hey i, I was lied. i was Let's fight I about it okay. i was riding very near hesperia uh i was actually i was actually riding from someplace from the slash X to someplace else, just cutting across the desert, and I found a KX500. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but statements. can we just go back for a second? I see Mike Hebert. He he rides for Focky Racing. Julian Roberts, Julian, Julza from Victoria, my buddy, action photography. That I bet you twenty bucks. That's him. Chime back in, Julza. Is that you? Just had his birthday. And you, said, and, and, and you were calling people fanny packers on this show. He's a he's a cod-carrying member of the GTBN, Julian Good. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I thought we weren't going to say any bad words. Tonight. I didn't. That's why I said GTBN, the good team with bad name. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, mate. Too much? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, yep, See, look, I told you. Julesa, what up, bro? <laughs> hey, gown, mate. So, KX500s, how do you set it up for motocross? <laughs> They, between, Ask Jono. Between that and a CR500, they're they're like they're trying to accomplish the same goals and same things. But I I raced a, a KX500 for a long time at Saturday Motocross at, at Carlsbad. I used to go down and run the 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 because it was we could we could I wake up at seven o'clock, drive down to Carlsbad, ride the first practice, which was muddy. And you couldn't, where else are you going to ride in mud in Southern California? I go get to so enduro training, go ride in mud, and then and then race two pro motos, 30-minute pro motos, and then go surfing in the afternoon. And I, I the KX500 was the bike to do that on back then. This is pre-four-stroke. So it was just basically stock. The only thing I really did to it is sprayed uh, like Crisco on the, underneath the, the, the fender so the mud would fall after, after yeah. the muddy practice. Are you going to help Jules or out or not? He, he asked it, a serious question. It's, we don't want him to get hurt. 
He's going to KO himself out of Kruzik's ride park. It's stock. If, it, if it's with stock. With brownie mix lives on the thunder track. If it's stock, set the sag. Make sure the suspension has been serviced recently. Stock, set the sag. And uh, call it good. That's that's what, how I would set it up for motocross. I wouldn't do I wouldn't do anything else. I wouldn't try to throw it in an aluminum frame. I don't know if I would. I'm trying to think if there was any my what bike. About, what about spring rate? They were good Based on your weight. They were good. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. for sure. You know if your if your weight is how, what's what's the size, Jerry? Normal size guy. A little bit smaller than me. A little what? A little oh, bit lighter. Yeah, it's 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 fine. Just it's good. Just he's it, a good rider. No, Jules is really good. So that, it's, it's it's a good question, and that's well, where he rides the most at Cruzix Ride Park. They have like five different tracks, but I know he likes that brownie mix loamy track with all the great turns. So sounds that fun. would be big fun on there. But definitely dick on the gas cap. I say <laughs> dick on the gas cap. The the. And, and this is a lot of questions. Like people go, how do I set my bike up? If you're buying them, if you're riding a motocross bike that was set up to ride, to run, you know, to, to, it was set up to be a motocross bike and you're riding it at motocross, the manufacturer probably did a pretty darn good job of getting it set up for the widest amount of people. And I don't know. I don't know. That's why I asked his size or weight. Was he, is he a 400 pound dude? Is he a 120 pound guy? Then I, you know, then I'd say maybe you want, might want to do this or that, but I say 165. Yeah. Perfect. That's what, that's what I weigh when I race the thing. I used to beat Willie Muskrat all the time at Carlsbad. You know, he was, he was motocross actions, main, main guy back then. Yeah. Well, we'd back and forth. It was, it just depended on who was on a, who was on a better day that day. So good times. Very cool. Kyle McCoy. Speaking Kyle McCoy's a Dakar rider, by the way. Speaking of Pastrana, he has knee pads. He sells EBS brand, I think, which seemed to accomplish everything needed for a hundred dollars. The new knee braces are $900. Would you guys choose? What would you guys choose? And are the fancy ones really worth it? This is a very telling question, Jerry. Do you want me to answer if I believe that good knee braces? Well, having blown out both my knees and had them operated on in soccer when I was in high school, I need all the help I can get. And when you're riding and you get caught in a rut and you have to dab and you got bad knees, mm, you need all the help you can get. So you're going to ride guy. around with no helmet on. You're going to get in a jam <laughs> and uh, they'll be scooping up, you know, scrambled eggs off the downy. So, yeah, I say knee braces. It, it, like they said, $10 head, $10 helmet. I don't know what the price is, but I would buy good knee braces myself, whether they're the fitted CTIs or the EVS or all the other ones. I don't know. Knee braces, good stuff. So I'm I'm a I, I used to be a knee brace guy all the time. And then I switched when I started riding off road. I started going back to knee cups, and I've I've run the um, the EVS uh, Travis Pastrana ones. I had some of the original ones because they yeah. sent them to us when I worked the magazines, and they're like more of a neoprene kind of a shell. And I mean, think about a guy with Jello knees <laughs> that doesn't wear knee braces. Uh, it's, it's it's just like it's just like anything with you, you know protection. It's I, I and I we just answered a question on our on our student show thing. Yeah, yeah. A guy was asking about protection and what should he wear and all this stuff, and he sounded like he was way, wearing so much protective equipment that it was actually interfering with his ability to move around and ride on the motorcycle. And I know people that say I can't feel the bike or you know I'm not able to grip. We we don't really believe in gripping too much with the the the. The bike, but I know that knee braces make it kind of weird because it makes your knees a little bit yeah. wider, and, and it stuff. beats and, up the graphics too. And, oh that's God, a, that that's horrible. 
So if you don't want to have triplets, wear protection. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Unless you feel like having triplets, then good yeah. luck to you, bro. I I think the wax on the with the with the like I said, it's, it's just like anything with protection. Like you know, if you, whatever you makes you feel comfortable or safe, that's a good thing to do. And then with the with the you know the knee brace specifically, it's almost like any sort of protection. It's transferring load. You know, it's gonna it's it's protecting a certain thing and by getting a certain amount of protection. And that's what I think with it. Like when I put a knee cup on knee cups going to deflect the bad stuff, but it's not going to transfer load to places where I don't want it. And my problem, except for the asterisk knee brace that used to clip onto your boot, that twist. Yeah. Like that, that's the one that gets me all the time is the twist. And it didn't, the knee brace didn't fix that. And then, but then I've had other times where I think the knee brace may have started working but i also i haven't broke my legs down there yeah. yet but i felt my bones flex a little bit and i was like wow that knee brace kind of did its work would it would my knee have gone out or my uh, broken the leg i don't know do you feel like there's that this is a serious question the murphy's law you, thing wait, you're gonna do a serious question well i am do you tell me if it, <laughs> i'll throw it out there and you tell me how serious it is okay hold your thought because i'm gonna shut down remember i told them when it gets good yeah. when, okay. when jerry has gonna make them go to when jerry has a serious question and he's uh -oh. losing the train of thought. We're clipping you guys. So we'll see you on the next show, or you can switch over to our live feeds, the real ones. See ya. Okay. The serious question. It's kind of like the Murphy's Law mentality. Do you feel like whatever you don't wear, someone's going to, that's when you're going to get hurt. Like, oh, I took my goggles off. Neck minute, right in the eye. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't wear knee braces, you're going to catch a rock off the back of a fat, brand new Michelin S12 that's launching out things that'll look like hucked out third world babies flying through the air. You're going to get hurt. If you take something off, somebody's going to find that opening, that hole, that unprotected area, and you're going to get blasted. Is, is Chest that protector. Like so many people, Bill Broth said it, it's a misnomer. Chest protector. How many people have flown off their motorcycle and landed right on their sternum? No, you always flip over and you land on your back. So back protection, chest protection, roost, roost deflector. If you don't have it on, who wants to get peppered with sand at, at MX338 there, the old wick, with just a jersey on? Oh, it's the it's the harder chunks from other tracks. <laughs> what what's the track, the speedway track you were talking about? Or, or the, the gnarliest track for roost is Ascot Park. Oh, Clay, I, Clay. I, race, I race moto there all the time. But Let yeah. Gene but you go, tell the but story. Yeah. We were sitting around. At the, we do a trail ride every year in November. It's called the Tombstone Trail Ride. And Kenny Roberts and Wayne Rainey was there last year in a side-by-side. -side, and we were just sitting around BSing. And I asked him, asked Kenny, if you ever ride a speedway bike? And he goes, he said some stuff that wasn't very nice. And uh, <laughs> Wayne, Wayne chimes in. He goes, the worst roost I've ever felt in my life was the Ascot half mile on a speedway bike. It literally would turn you purple, even even with cardboard and stuff inside your leathers. It was just gnarly. It'd slow you down five miles an hour if you get behind somebody. It's just amazing. <laughs> what so, speed would that be, like top speed? Uh, right about 100 miles an hour on the half mile. Getting peppered. Yeah. So You ever been peppered, Matt? And this isn't like a MasterChef question. Have yeah. you ever been peppered? So, I know you're a tech guy. Yeah, no. Chime no. in anytime. Well, no, when I'm in a figure eight and Jimmy gets in and, I, and uh, Jimmy hops right in front of me. Yeah. He let you have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a learning experience. I usually ram him up the rear 
on the yeah. figure eight. But back to right the, up the mud guy. <laughs> right up the mud guy. I'm not sure what kind of show this is. I might <laughs> have to go. We're talking. You, you're in the middle. We're yeah. talking. Just we're, don't bring up uh, Jimmy's grinder account. He's kind of embarrassed about it. Matt manages for me, but that's all good. I heard. The <laughs> as long as you shave. So the thing not that we're ta- that were the, the the big question is is it is it superstitious when you leave a piece of like safety equipment off? You know, do you, do you, is it like, oh, I have to have this. If I don't put it on, I'm going to get hurt. Or this is, this is the question, this is the discussion we had with the, with the client was, it was like, well, I don't dress for the crash because I don't feel like I'm going to crash. If I felt like I was going to crash, I wouldn't get on the motorcycle. Right. The, it, it, it's, it's kind of a bigger picture thing. So, so I, I want to wear a certain amount of protection to, to feel safe, but there's times, yeah, when I definitely wear a chest protector and there's times right. when I don't. And and he was complaining about like overheating and getting hot. And I'm like, well, at some point that affects your performance, it affects your decision making. And so is it better to have it or not? Because maybe your equipment's causing you to crash, even yeah. though it, it's, oh, I'm protected when I do crash. Maybe. Because like I said, it's all transferring load. And, and I was riding with Tommy Norton one time in this uh really dense place we have called Vietnam in Massachusetts. And it's just really jungly and rocky and nasty. And he, we were in there and I, my goggles were steaming up. So I took them off, put them on backwards on my helmet. I was trying to chase him, obviously, which was a stupid thought because it's Tommy Norton and he's just a mad dog on the 125. And I caught, I had my goggles off. I caught a branch dead center on my beak right here. And I'm so lucky it didn't slide over. True story and poke me freaking eye out. Yeah. And, I pulled up next to him and he was waiting and he's just sitting there and I pull up next to him, mm, shut my bike off. And he goes like this huh? and he looks and I just had blood running down both sides. And he goes, what the fuck did you take your goggles off for? And, you know, obviously they were steaming up, but that age old Murphy's law thing, yeah. goggles off mother nature. Hey, you got a spare branch for my buddy with the hawk of New York, the big beak. <laughs> Let's get him. You, you, yeah, it's, it's, Sammy you, Davis you Jr. in the woods. You def- One eye. You definitely that would suck. You definitely <laughs> notice it when you take something off. You like, oh well. I think if you're if you're not going to wear it, maybe you have to. If you're going to crash, then dress for the crash. But if you're going to take your goggles off, you can't put your be putting your head in the bushes anymore. Yeah. You can't be like leaning in a little bit and, and right. getting the exactly getting the the stuff. But trying so. to eyeball some choy or out there in freaking Lucerne. Yeah, I. Uh, Does yeah. it make you feel safer when you're all geared up though? me no no i don't i don't i i I can't i don't i just don't want to risk crashing i i mean i I want to ride tomorrow this is what i always told people it's like i want to ride tomorrow and so i don't want to do anything today to prevent me from riding tomorrow and you know i i kind of you know from i'm lucky because i've been doing this for so long and and i have a a, i'm good at it i have a high level and i have a good feel for it so i kind of know i know when i'm pushing it and people say do you ride to stay in shape and unfortunately I can't ride to stay in shape because I really don't get tired on the motorcycle because to, to get tired, I have to start using energy and I start, you know, when I'm pushing it, I have to push it to get tired. I have to push it to where I could crash. and I don't want to crash. So it's right. this weird, it's this, it's this dynamic. And I, I think a lot of people probably never have that. They, they never get to that level of confidence. They really feel what the bike's doing. And don't get me wrong. I have some good ones. Right. Like I, I cl- saw you crash once. Really? You know what? I always say I would ra- rather ride 100 days medium than ride one day like Travis and get hurt. Yeah. 
it, then you get a hundred rides. But if you, like you said, you're charging it, you're going for it, you're riding over your head, and then you wipe yourself out, write yourself off, go skidding down the rocks, yeah. smash off the end of your finger. Sometimes you have to ride a Suzuki RMX 250, a Cougar Buttes, and lose it. Yeah. Show us your finger. Where'd that come from? That's that thing, a chain of a Speedway bike. That thing never oh. straightens out. I, 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 my, this one's a little shorter here. That, that, that was a chain on an XR100 I built. I had a, a chain torque suppressant that I built, and right. it was just enough to put my finger in and catch it and cut it off when I, when I, I think, I think I put my hand down there to turn the gas on. I think I, right. the gas was off or something. And went, it just did a trip through the sprocket. But this I'm is a, why emergency room nurses really don't like dirt bike riders. Cause you come in with your shirt halved off and you broke off and they just think my kid's never, ever going to ride a dirt bike. Well, your kid's <laughs> never, ever going to have a really good time. Karen, is he seriously buy him a helmet, teach him how to ride. Hey, you know, get him yeah. a Z 50. You know why my that, finger looks better than yours? The guy who put it on. I have on? two of them. Oh, <laughs> you matched them. No, this is, it's a long story. This was. I think this was at the green room. No. You got it caught in the pickle slicer. Hey, the guy. The <laughs> did, you, did you get that one, Bob? Huh? Oh, Bob. Heimlich. I, Heimlich. I, I, clear. I, I, told, I, I told you, we're gonna, the money that we're going to get from that Amazon thing when you support us on Dirt Bike Test is going to go for the ambulance ride he's going to get out of this place. I, the original Hollywood boob doctor, Sid Johnson. No, no. Sid was my sponsor. Sid Johnson. Yeah. Sid sewed this finger back together. Sid. It was destroyed. But he was he was the boob, Hollywood boob doctor. Yeah. And and he I was racing with Lance and Brand, his kids yeah. at the time, and and he knew me. And when he saw my finger, he goes, Oh, let me we just we just hopped in the car and took me to the hospital room and sewed my finger back on. And and I, if he if he hadn't because it was cut off real low, if he hadn't done it, like he did it like some of the best Great. boobs you've ever seen in Hollywood. That's how I got Great this finger. Story back. about Sid Johnson. We were racing at Ventura. My teammate was a guy named Dave Sims. Got in a big old crash, throttle stuck on the speedway bike. His arm was stuck in the rear tire in the between the fender and the push bar. The bike's laying there wide open. It literally smoked coming off his arm when they got oh. it shut off. It burnt a section of his arm, like a 350-19, all the way to the bone. Well, Sid was there with me. He jumped in the ambulance with him, took him to the hospital, connected all the tendons back, and sewed his arm in his stomach. So it would heal oh. and saved his arm. He would have lost his arm if Sid wouldn't. Have. Yeah, that's what that's what he told me. He said he's Sid's a, he, awesome. He's, yeah. yeah, he's dead now, but he's he was a great guy. Sid yeah. was awesome. I'm sorry, yeah. I had to. No, so I know Lance and Brand. I they were kids. Yeah, that, that's how I that's how I got into the whole motorcycle photo modeling. You know, be, I I knew that Lance was a uh, was getting in the magazines, yeah. and Brand was on all the quad magazines, and I had to start in quad magazines too. It's kind of like a really, you know how they have those like those dark things in your past you don't like to talk about. What? You gotta be shitting me. With nine minutes left in the show, you throw that out dirt, there. Dirt Talk about fishing. Nine minutes. We go a whole nother hour, Jerry. You got a whole we got a whole Oh no, nother. no. I just happened to glance at my Rolex watch yeah, that, you don't that I won. <laughs> so uh yeah, so I, I was I was trying to Ice Bike. Where's bring, the picture, Matt? Do you have the ice bike picture? I can bring it up right now. Well, why don't you? We've been waiting, you've been dogging it. Just because so, you don't have an ice bike. This is Rooster yeah. Endo. This is what I wanted to, because this thing's just so cool. Gene, tell us about your ice bike. This is a 1978 Jawa ice speedway bike, 500 cc's, no brakes, runs on methanol. Uh, the tracks they run in Europe are roughly a quarter mile, speeds around 80 miles an hour. The problem is when you fall off at 80 miles an hour, you hit the fence going 80 miles an hour. 
You don't scrub off any speed like dirt. Nowadays, they have air fences in the thing, and it's it's pretty gnarly. You don't want to get run over. Most of the poles and the checks. Well, I the think Russians the reason and, Jerry is pushing for this so hard is he has some sort of fantasy with those spike tires. Yes. My question, I'll answer that in one second, is is the, did that come all chrome? Because I call that the all chrome ice bike, or did you set it up like that? I know the tank was chrome, correct? No, it was actually it was actually all painted. Um, the only thing that was chrome were the were basically the wheels on it and you know, the handlebars and a few other things. And then Lynn uh, Denny. Um, Lynn Denny was, did the restoration on it. Yeah. We did it for a show bike, just for something for everybody to look at. It looks so cool. The, the unique thing on them is on the left handlebar next to the grip is a is a aluminum ball that's machined down there. And that's actually to touch the ice when you when you're leaning over. They lean over that far. They put the bar on the ground. Wow, I've seen so. I've seen videos of like Jeff Fredette racing. He's a big ice racer, right? Guy. Right. And I, he into the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame this year in 2023. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is European stuff. This is nothing right. like, this is like the, Yeah. And and they get they get they get crazy traction and lean it over. And and those guys because when I'm out here on my little flat track here, which I you know, like I hate to brag, Gene, but like, I, I, I hate to brag, Gene. Somebody get a post to know. <laughs> I literally own the place. You know, literally, that, literally, literally and figuratively. I go into yeah. ice racing yeah. body position sometimes because right. I can get, you know, when the traction is just perfect. We run knobbies here. You know, we're a little bit off, but we run knobbies. And sometimes I'm getting that bike so low that, that I have to go to ice racing style, which means just, which is drag, drag, your drag, leg. drag your leg because yeah. it's just getting in the way. And you can't put it in front because if, if you, it hooks up, you're going to you're going to kill yourself. You're not going to have a leg. Yeah. You're going to have gonna a pastrana knee. Or your leg is going to be internally in part of your stomach. You know, you don't want to have to have Sid so it's going to Sid. be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice Sid segue. Yeah. So, some of those guys are government subsidized. They race for the government. Their their life oh, depends they, on how they perform in, in Russia and Czechoslovakia. Yeah, I will. You know. I mean, still to this day? Oh, still to this day. Yeah. 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 Well, because yeah. when I was racing Enduros, we raced against like the Hungarian team. And then and there was... There, there was a Czechoslovakian team, but then it was two countries. There's the Czech and then the Slovakian team. Right. Two different things. Same but, thing, only different. Yeah, I, I beat I beat a guy in a Jawa uh, in my first six days uh, on the 350 four stroke class. And I think he probably when he went back to his home country since I beat him on a Honda XR 250 and he was on a Jawa 350. He was probably executed. Probably world's so. fastest slow bike rider, JimmyLewis.com, the man, the myth, legend in his own Jawa. Right. Writes or, his own bios, 450 characters. <laughs> but he doesn't like to brag. But he doesn't like to brag. But he did win the 1996 Incas Rally. Oh, where yeah. me and Chris Smith were runners up. Zinga. Hey, how come? Why? Why did we? Is end this going to take a long time? Because. Go ahead. Gene's got a pee? No, go ahead. Okay. No, just I just it. did. He has a colostrum. Go ahead. Why why did they have us rooming together in that one room in, in that one Puerto Maldonado oh. in the Amazon jungle? Yes. In the nineteen ninety-six Incas rally, Franco Acherbis came up with this. It was a made for TV rally. So it really wasn't there was no GPS, no this and that. It was basically a three hour hair scramble in the morning, and then we'd have some weird test in the afternoon, something that was like weird some crazy shit yeah throw and bikes on a raft and run them down rapids yeah, after yeah, you race up three the road. rapids a whole deal or like race a donkey the, race a donkey around the inca ruins or, or out on a tarmac you know on all asphalt but anyhow me and jimmy throughout the course of the whole uh rally we were roommates so we get to puerto maldonado which is in the amazon jungle wait wait wait, wait. were we roommates the whole rally or was it just that yeah, one time no, we were the whole time 
I had ether with me, so you don't remember much of it. So anyhow, <laughs> we get into this room. We, we're going in this room. I, I remember this one get, room. <laughs> just to get upstairs to the room, it's just like, oh, God, this is like serial killer action. Open up the door, and there's, you know, a bed, a little single bed, a Two. little single bed. On each side of the room, <laughs> no bathroom go. <laughs> door. I go and I look in the toilet. There's no toilet seat. There's no the two, you know, one, two, nothing. Just porcelain, sexy. And there's a single light bulb in, up in the middle of nowhere. So me and Jimmy look at each other. I'm like, fuck, this place is ghetto vanilla. Go over to the window, look outside. Nothing but mini bikes, scooters, rickshaws. I was there three days in the jungle and I did not see but what three vehicles, cars, vans, whatever. Right. It was all more, it was so freaking noisy. Guy would go bombing down, wife's side, settle on the back with a newborn baby, no helmets on. It was like freaking crazy. The next morning, wake up, I'm like, oh, so noisy. Wait a minute. Wait, you, wait, wait, you, no. you slept? Well, this is what I'm getting. I'm turning it back to you because you need the limelight. <laughs> I I wake up in the morning. I look over and there's Jimmy. He's got a pillow on his head like a taco. And he's just like, oh, like this. And I go, Jimmy, Jimmy. And he peels the thing off like he's given birth to his ears. And he has the mask on. He's got the earplugs in and he had the pillow over his head. It was that noisy. You had to just like climb back into the sealy posturpedic womb to fall asleep. This is, and this I didn't is, even use any of the chloroform. Oh man. I thought Cause I ran man. out. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we got in that room. I remember the, the, the beginning of the room and, and we were at the corner of this town square. Your wife just rode that. <laughs> wrote that heather lewis chimes in i can imagine he you two sent, spooning you and your sick fantasies okay hey send her <laughs> send her that that meme you did about the xr650 i will heather <laughs> i have a meme for you so anyhow the room the, it was on the corner gene what's spooning i don't, <laughs> don't want to know it was on the corner of the town square and the town must have been notified that they were that there was motorcycle racers and so everybody from the surrounding villages from for like 20 or 30 kilometers came in with their moped which is their main source of transportation with their wife and children yeah. as you said so nothing he said is far from the truth but what you failed to say is they decided to organize their own race around that town square that started just as the sun went down just when it was time to like you you try to remember whatever we ate and hope it didn't come back up right uh then out the south exit he meant right uh, both ex exits with that special toilet we had and then they started racing and they must have had like 60 heats yeah. and then 22 qualifiers after the heats but and they then, let us race too remember because we were riding some well, of them they, weren't we i think i think most of the italians were in our hotel and they saw it and they said they can't do that without us right and so the next day we went down there and raced right I, I I vaguely the ether might have been part yeah. of that that thing the, at that point. Well, I, but to the best part, that special test on that day long. that we woke up in the morning and it was the day of the rate the that day's that event. Was the, that was the mud. That was the day. Slinging bikes was across, pissing the, down rain, and we were sitting there <laughs> waiting and waiting. We're sitting under some you know building somewhere, and finally Franco goes, "Okay, we're going to race." It it kind of let up a little bit. We're going to race three hours, no matter what. Bill Baroff laid out a 15-mile loop through the jungle. 
I was lucky enough to have an XR 600, oh, which is as light as a that. feather. <laughs> My teammate, Chris Smith, had a CR 250, which is awesome. Anyhow, so we take off and it was the team race concept was both guys have to cross the finish line at the same time. So basically, you're really only as good as the slowest man on the team, which was me, Chris, six time gold medalist at the six days. So it was this greasy, snotty hey, thing. Jimmy and world champion, that kid. What? That kid's an ISDE world champion. Right. You know so, how I know? I'm waiting. I'm trying to finish my story. I was on the same team as him. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so Jimmy and Arnaldo Nicoli were teammates, um, famous Enduro racer from Italy. They, they were winning the event, leading the event. So they left first. Me and Chris left second. And then Kevin Hines, we would have got our asses kicked, I truly believe, because Kevin Hines was supposed to team up with Scott Summers, and he didn't come. That's how I ended up with his bike. So Fred Bramlett, his mechanic or no fred was right. scott summer's mechanic so right. instead of so scott summer they sent fred well fred teamed up with heinz but fred got sick so heinz who could have whooped up on everybody they you know they were running hot we went around once there was a bridge at pallets over this muddy little thing and you could help the other ride as it was all greasy it turned into bottleneck hell and i remember we went around Two and a half times, and then the guy come out of the woods, and he's like, no, no, it's over. We're cutting it. We're cutting it. And me, um, you and Arnaldo, me and Chris Smith and Hines were the only ones to make it around two and a half times right. in three hours. It was that snotty. It was that greasy. It was so wet. Uh, it was, it was, it was. It was pretty It bad. was extreme enduro before there was extreme enduro kind of a thing. And I just remember, like, the, like you talk about the pallets, like, I thought they started us last. I thought it was a no, reverse no, no, starting no, no. order. They started us first. Those, oh, oh, I know, because we got around it I have quick. a picture of Matt. Sorry to cut you off, but Matt, there's a picture of us on the pallets. You'll see yeah. it. You can tell. But yeah. the pallet thing, Bill Baroth told me, because I, so, so one of the guys from Chile couldn't start his bike. He had an XS 600. So I said, in Italian, I go, fammi provare, let me try. So I got on, I did the clean out thing and I'm standing up on the pegs and I tell him, you know, hold the handle grip. So I'm up on the pegs, I clean it out and I go to give it a wicked old crack. He didn't have his grips wired on. I go, boom, the grip flies out. I fall off the pallets into the water. Somehow, I don't know how, this, this I'm in the water up to my stomach and I got this XR 600, the tires are on the pallets and I, I'm holding the gas tank and I'm like this and all I hear is the photographer, Dario Grati, bravo Jerry, I'm like almost drowning. The next day, Baroth tells me, he goes, hey, you know that place where I almost fell in the river under the 650? I'm like, I'm like, fuck. He goes, no, we were laying it out. And I knew that was going to be a bottleneck. So I was kind of looking right, left to see if there was another little way. He goes, I went down about 15 feet and there was about a 12 foot freaking python anaconda in there. And I'm oh. like, if that thing went across my freaking leg when I was under that 650, I would have come out like a jack in the box on fucking acid. <laughs> Sorry. So there were piranhas. They, after after we did that, they told us there were piranhas in that water, yeah. like a alligators or crocodiles or something, and lots of poisonous snakes. Moral of the story, please wire on your grips. Yep. Yeah. And right, Bob? It's just like Travis said. It was 115 feet. Right. Yeah. You and just, you can see the trophy. At the Hot Shoe at the Hall, Hot of, Hall Fame. of Fame. The, Only the second Inca's overall. Because Jimmy and Arnaldo Nicoli won the event. That, Wasn't that, Nicoli's bike about to blow up on the last day, though? He was leaking oil on the last yeah, test? Yeah, well, we fixed that. It was, I don't know what we did, but it was, but a, it it was, a, husky, it was a Husky 350. Uh, well, our our interesting thing, so they 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 wanted to have some kind of like, uh, it was made for TV, so they wanted to have some guys that were like not notable. I was just a magazine editor at the time. I didn't really have a that good of a racing resume. 
And but they they Jeff tried Rudy. to they tried to throw a pickle into every team. And our pickle was Arnaldo was you know a, a Italian national champion enduro rider. Right. I had maybe won a desert race or something. No English. Arnaldo, knowing his, his only English word was die, die, <laughs> die, die, which he was telling me I needed to die, right? Or go faster or you're going to die. Or it was something in Bergamasco, which is a really difficult Italian sort it, it's, of it dialogue. Means it means die. Oh, mean, die, die, die. Vi, with a V, Vi. No, vi, he said vi, vi. die. He said die. Well, that could be Bergamasco, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but vi is go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vi. So it was, it was die, 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 you know, and he just, he would, that's all he ever said to me. I think that was the only time we ever communicated he just he, he'd start doing that and then i and i realized that this man probably for sport like tore the heads off of cats did you find in, the, in between yeah. training is this it right here yeah, yeah that was the greasy bridge that's me holding um helping chris smith with a ci 250 chris smith on the left taking off his coat a couple of the guys the chill i think that's the chilean enduro champion right behind me and uh, yeah, that's where I fell off past us on the other side is where I fell off in the murky abyss of death. And it was just yucky, like a Willy Wonka toilet from hell. I almost freaking died and drowned. I was like a Natalie Wood baby. That and those things were running. They were probably like probably like what, six, eight inches deep uh, when they weren't running. But they were three and four feet. Like when you when you went in, you were like waist deep no neck. i i was at least to my belly yeah because i remember the whole i don't know how i ended up but i had my hands on my head holding the bike and only the tires were on that the pallet thing and it was so yeah so, i'm not a big fan of water anyhow so drowning you know and burning to death at the same time in a helicopter crash please don't sign me up so we i because now i remember i thought maybe we started in the back because we rode the first we got around the first loop pretty good right because there was no bottle there was no bottlenecks we rode through it and i just like i just remember bottlenecks and bottle i remember starting a lot of guys bikes and helping them ride it was yeah. just like because they they get onto the we there was a place where we clipped our bikes didn't we clip them and swing them across no, there was two places to cross a river the one that was just on that picture was like on the top of the water the second one was um trees say three trees fallen over about a 15 12 foot little creek thing uh -huh. and they had a little bit of a one rope on one side because i remember that was the only time i had to have chris ride my bike and you had to one guy in front of the bike and you had to baby it and it was greasy and slippery oh, it was, so it was like slippery. three telephone poles with one rope and we got to the other side and then there was the the embankment that was wet as shit yeah it went kind of up and he goes here here just just give me a bike and i he got it up there but yeah, it was pretty tech. It was three hours of grease. And then that same day was the day later on the sun came out. And that's when we went to the airport and did the uh, on the bitumen on the asphalt through yep. the cones. That was the second I, test in the afternoon. I wish I wish you hadn't used so much ether on me so I could remember more of these things. Victor Andrade wanted to know who was the big spoon and that's just bullshit because there was no spoon in even though it's a foreign country and it's over seven years so what's that when after seven years you can't get in trouble anymore statute yeah statute the statute yeah statue thing I don't remember any of it so we're good I'm positive well, no, I mean, not, had, not, not kind of positive how many, but I'm that. How, many oh. how many concussions have you had I've had six how many <laughs> concussions do you believe you've had Believe? Believe. I I, 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 I want to say I've had, f I think four that are, that are, that were probably kind of like, like legit, but the, 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 I think that, I don't think I really knew what a concussion was until I had a really bad one. Hmm. And then I thought, thought bad, oh yeah, I had maybe. Some. How about you, Gino? How many do you believe you've had? Uh, 
Well, Seriously. I probably had four, but I had one. I was in a coma for five days. So I, I literally crashed, got up, went in the pits, was changing my tear-offs, and I told my mechanic, I said, Mike, man, I can't see. And it just went to black. That was a Friday night. I woke up Wednesday in the hospital. And wow. I mean, I don't think I've had yeah. any of those. That was I one broke of the a helmet. I crashed in the second turn at REM and put myself out like lights out. I snapped my awry, cracked it right here. Kyle, my stepson from California, was there. He went to the races with me. I was lying down. I was out for four minutes. He goes, you were snoring in and out. Yeah. And then yeah. the next day, the next week, I went back to go racing, which was smart because I had a bad concussion. <laughs> and the paramedic dude was like, dude, I was so ready to tube you. Because I think after like four minutes or whatever, they got to tube you yeah. or do something. Yeah. So he's like looking at me and he's like, got his equipment. Uh, I just wanted the good looking Ambo girl to cut my pants off, even though I hurt my arm. You wanted to tube, you wanted to tube her. <laughs> yeah, I did want to tube her. <laughs> I did want to tube her yeah. in a loving, tender way. And then have triplets so my life will be shit. <laughs> You're funny. Hey, we like to take a break about an hour in. We have to throw a little commercial break in here. Go so ahead. We're gonna give we're gonna give uh, you a chance to breathe. Oh, I don't need. And yeah. I'm, and I I'm, just lay in bed and wait for the next day to show up. And I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, like you know think of some more cool stories to tell about myself, and then we're gonna prep Gene for his next segment. Cool. Okay. Okay. So with that, we're gonna take a little commercial break, and we will see you on the backside. GTBN for life. If you've ever seen any one of my bikes, they all have flex handlebars on them. What are those, Jimmy? Well. Fast Company, that's www.fastco.com, makes the Flex Handlebar, and it's essentially suspension built into your handlebars. They make bad forks good. They absorb impacts like you wouldn't believe, and they're really tough. And I've been running for over 20 years, and I don't think I've ever bent a set. And if I have, I forgot about it. It was a long time ago. So these are American-made products, and until you run them, you won't realize how good they are. The reason this works is the flex handlebar is stiff laterally through the steering path, but allows it to be forgiving from the load path without sacrificing control or input. This means it basically dampens the forces that you don't want, and it doesn't affect the forces you do want. So it steers properly and takes the pain out of your wrists. So if you're looking for good feel in your handlebars, Without suffering from catastrophic impacts or complaining that your forks are too harsh, the Flex Handlebar is the solution. They make other products like the Spoke Torque Wrench, Impact Pegs, Really Trick Brake Clevis and Brake Spring Kits, and Clicker Adjusters. So if you're looking to get some of this stuff, check out www.fastco.com. That's spelled F-A-S-S-T-C-O. Dot com. Remember, two S's in fast. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and after 
aftermarket parts where we can sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested and ridden and raced and knows meets the, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Welcome back to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. My name is Jerry Bonato with my good friend, Gene Woods, the Hall of Fame founder and former Speedway champion. He has three championships in Speedway. And I asked him one day, Gene, how many championships have you won? All of them. All of them. No, that's Mike. Mike Freya won all of them. If you ask Flying Mike Freya, number yeah. nine. Yeah, yeah. Legend. That's his answer. How many races you won, Freya? How all many championships? Them. All of them. Yeah. And of course... Jimmy Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the world's fastest slow bike rider, dare to keep kids on dirt bikes. How, and how old is this shirt? That shirt, not just because it's old and gray, but seriously, that shirt, I made that shirt in excess of 25 years. Cato, my career, Cato, everybody loves Cato, has the biggest collection of Focu racing t-shirts. One time he gave me the box and we took pictures of all of me as at least 50 Focu shirts because Focu racing has been in effect for 35 years, 1986, RIP wow. Frankie B. And that's the good team with the bad name. If that's you can't it. say, if you can't say that on a podium, if you're a kid yep. and you have, a, if Karen's your mom and she says, you can't say this anymore. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you why we thought of that because uh, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Um, New England ripper, Johnny Girard, JG 69, who was on the trophy team last year, kids fast as shit. He was up on the podium at a J day and he was thanking his sponsors and he said, blah, 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 blah. Thank, 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 fuck you racing. And I heard people kind of giggle because, you know, it's a controversial name, whatever, get over it. And I hit him up and I said, hey, Johnny, you know, you don't have to say fuck you racing because we don't care. We know who we are. We don't, we're not virtue signaling. We don't need, we're not looking for likes, any of this stuff. I go, just say the good team with the bad name. And that was the day I came up with that moniker. And then we sponsored um, a US ISDE club team two years in a row. And the first year, of course, the AMA guys, my best friends in the whole world, <laughs> they said that Focky Racing wasn't going to flush. And I'm like, duh, full Homer Simpson, duh. And they go, do you have another name? I could just call it GTBN. They're like, oh, what's that? Like I was trying to slip in a fast one. I'm like, good team with a bad name. Because in theory, yes, Long time ago, that was kind of an aggressive name back in the early 1986 mass hole land crap in Bellingham. But we got a lot of guys that are fast and have championships and they do the right thing. You know, we're just not out there run, running amok and um, all you have to do having is, the sex with trophy what, girls. All you have to do is run a sticker. Yeah, that's Allegedly. it. Anybody can be in Focky Race and just, if you want to be in, get a sticker, put it on your bike. I don't care what you do after that. You just make, don't be a douchebag. You hey, make Jerry, the, let you Gene make talk. The, you make the coolest apparel of anybody I've seen. It's just, you know, all the designs are, they're neat. Everybody wants them and it's a limited deal, right? 
No, it's cool. Uh, Chip Wilcox, who's number three at Fuck You Racing, coined the phrase, get yours before you can't get yours, because we've never made more than 75 of anything. And then when it's gone, like, oh, you're going to make that John Wayne shirt again. I'm like, bro, we don't go back. I've got that one. When you ride dirt bikes, you go that way. So, yeah, we might reprint a few things here and there because we're not happy till you're not happy. (laughs) He's got some, you know, tell him what you do, what you do. Um, I do monologues. Don't don't. I'm a people person. Don't. <laughs> I eat Mexican food. No pizzas. Pepperoni pizzas Pepper, done well right. Done it's thin Mexican crust day. pepperoni pizza. Last night how, I made chicken salt and boca. How how oh, much would good. you? He'd love K seven. Oh yeah. yeah like K, we got a pizza place here, and Patty she does she does yeah. a pepperoni. I do, yeah, I do pepperoni and bell peppers. I just got in trouble not for the. I've never been in Facebook jail and no lie, I swear to God, I posted this thing and I was just talking about if you don't cook a pizza well done so the cheese turns brown, you should be burned at the stake while Satan sits back and laughs drinking sunscreen or something. The burned at the stake got in the algorithm and Facebook sent me a Jerry. No, no, no. We took that down. I'm just like, so you guys don't like pizza? <laughs> Hit the road, Wendy. So, okay. So back, back to what we were trying to get out there, Gene, thank you. Jerry also does design work and he's, de- he, he's designed a bunch of stuff for me for Jimmy Lewis off-road training, which is the, the school that I run. You know, I, I have an off-road school. We, we don't yeah. like to talk about the things that I do on the show because we try to keep it like undercover, but right. I'm telling everybody what you do. That's all right. And so to if you're in a crust, make money, if you need to help Jerry get more pizzas or make up another batch of t-shirts, cause yeah. like you got to buy those damn shirts and right. they're expensive. I think Matt has one of his designs on the computer that he did for the Hot Shell of Fame. There it is. Oh, okay. This is a picture of Gene Woods um, with the dual iPod bell, which is a very unique helmet, which I think is the the meat and the sandwich of this design. That's from the On Any Sunday 2 poster. And I said, hey, do you have one of those posters? He goes, oh, I got one in a frame in my office. So I took it out of the frame, took a picture of it with my iPhone and worked the magic and, you know, sniffed the glue as it is and... Came up with that, and that we went to an event. Where did we go? Kelly Inman's track down at City of Industry, the Connor Penhall Memorial for Bruce, for Bruce Penhall, and um, that was one of the more popular shirts. And I'm not saying that because I designed it. I love it. I think it's great. I'd wear that every day. But people were really digging it, and I think Gene Wicked sideways. That helmet's cool as hell. That's just super clean. I mean, just that's the design. Like I send. When I, when I, when I'd send you designs, I, I, I don't, I'm not a designer. I'm horrible at it or something like that. I just kind of say, Hey, I kind of want this and I want it to be like kind of simple or clean and bang. Yeah. And then remember I started going a little crazy on one I don't remember what it was, but we were talking back and forth and he's, you he, he just, you just like, we're straightforward with me. Like, dude, you're going too nuts on that design. Let's just leave it the way it is. Yeah. And and now if I go back and, and I, at the time I was looking at it, I kind of wanted what I wanted, but then you showed me what was right. Yeah. It's it was, like it was at a toga party. Simple and clean is the best. Nobody likes a dirty toga. Uh, no, you're over designing. Like <laughs> just because Photoshop and Illustrator have a lots of bells and whistles. It's like going down every aisle in the supermarket. You don't cook from every single aisle. You got to make it nice. It has to look good. It can't be coagulated. That's has to be negative space. It has to pop. It's called a scroll stopper. So when people are on their phones, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, bikini model. Yeah, 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 pizza. Yeah. Oh, that design's cool. Scroll stop a gene. It's, it's not just the fuck you stuff that you do. 
You do stuff for Moto America, which is probably one of the most prestigious race organizations in the motorcycle industry, you know? So yeah. that says something for your ability there. Yeah. Well, me and Tim Beaumont, who do, yeah. does a lot of Hutchu Hall of Fame stuff, a great artist from the UK, we, we go under the moniker of Itchy Sky, which is a little trick name there. I haven't but, seen that yet. So yeah, my buddy Nick Nall works at the shop, uh, Anchored Prints in Anaheim, and they crank out like 50,000 shirts a week. And he got us, he's the art director down there. He got us the job submitting artwork for Moto America swag. Sorry, Matt, I don't have any pictures with me. It's all about Gene and Jimmy Lewis. <laughs> but yeah. No, it's, you know, a, it's, just it's, a it's about Jerry. I drank hey, crayon juice hey, Dave when Scott, I was a kid. Dave Scott says, fuck you, Iowa here. That's it, 42 I'm, chapters of I'm the club. Nevada. Nevada, yeah, and 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 everybody goes. How do I get one of those stickers? And and they're like the stickers were delivered to me, and I'm the possessor of the stickers. And everybody goes, how do I get one? You have to ride with me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, you have to earn it. Or or it's on places that earned having that sticker stuck on the window. I mean, like there's few and far. I don't just stick them like cordwood. Right. It, it's it's like it's like a it's an honor, and and you can ride with me at any point, any time, and if you just know about it. You can get the sticker. Yeah. So I might have to give you one because yeah. you rode with me today. Yeah. I walked with you. Uh, it's ride, Gene. Oh, Come on. Don't, yeah. don't, you, you want to ride? I, I want, I want to, this, this picture, Matt, do we have this picture? Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, this is a great picture. So, so this is, this is one of the all time pictures. Probably, I, I want to say in, in the, in the cult motorcycle world, could be possibly one of the most pirated pictures out there because i've i know three or four designers that have done stuff with jerry you're did you know gene when you yes you knew yeah, him. i've known gene 35 years and when i first saw that picture i'm like oh dude i gotta make a that was i did a version of the shirt you're wearing i i don't have the image but i use that of gene and gene will tell you the history so of tell this. tell this but tell the story to keep I did, I, to keep kids on dirt bikes with that with gino my little sister Kristen redrew it because she's quite great artist as it is and she redrew it and then i made a t-shirt out of it but this picture is great because it's everything cool about kids and motorcycles but how did this transpire gene el toro speedway in orange county 1964 my brother rick 10 years older than me was racing aca short track there you've probably heard of west cooley west cooley senior was the promoter they raced that night and i had my homemade mini bike in the back of my brother's truck and uh, he unloaded it, and I went out and burned some laps in the parking lot, and a guy named Bobby Kreps was there and took this picture, and uh, that's, you know, I've just had it forever, and I, I put it on the internet, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, and, and, uh, and then they started stealing it. They had the internet back then? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> How old were you in that picture? Uh, I was about six or seven. So it's about 64, 65. But you know, four. what's the cool thing? Not only like the style, but the sneakers and everything. No, no, can I tell no. you something really cool about the sneakers? This picture hung in Van's tennis shoes office. Oh. Those are Van's tennis shoes. But look at, here's the thing. Like Jimmy said, when you look at that picture, not, not just because he's a kid, you, it makes you want to ride. Look at the smile. You can't fake that stuff. I, no, no offense no. to the emergency so, room no. nurses of the world, but all right, the kid don't have a helmet on, no equipment. Yeah, he's having fun. Look so, at it. The so best, when the best time of your life, right? So when Gene walked in tonight and we talked, you know, we were just kind of talking and I, I, this is the first time I met Gene and I'm fascinated. We know so many people in common. Like, I mean, how crazy that we both know Sid Johnson. Right. I mean, it's right. just out of the weird world of all the stuff. But 
So I've seen this photo many, many times. I've seen it on t-shirts, on hats, on in stickers and all different kinds of things. And I didn't know, I had no idea. Somebody had told me it was you. I mean, I'm sure somebody said, no, that's Gene Woods. You know, somebody that knew. But Gene handed me his business card, this, that, you know, which is I have in my hand right here, has that picture on there. And I just, I, I haven't looked at, I, I now I want to look at the other side because there's other stuff there. And I looked at it and I said, is that you? That that's I've seen that pirated a bunch of times, but the thing about this photo and every time like on Jerry's shirt because I've seen it on Jerry's shirt and I've seen it different things. Every time I see this, this makes me want to ride. Yeah, and, exactly. And every time I get on a motorcycle, I have this feeling. You, you know, it's like it's like I I imagine. Well, I know because I'm an addict of motorcycles. Right. Like I. It's like this. It's like, it's like this. I recognize that sound. Yeah. This photo, <laughs> this photo is everything about dirt biking. You know, when you, when you bring it up and you look at it, it's just like you hopped on a dirt bike. You couldn't even be bothered whether you had a helmet or not at the time to put it on. You're just going to go ride. Yeah. And the minute we talk, you got out we, of the stands, you were headed for the truck because you knew the bike was there and you were just frothing at the bit. Get that, Julesa? Frothing. It's this, all, all I wanted to do. I, we, I, I this have bike, this a little story. Today. This bike, we lived on Pacific Coast Highway in Sunset Beach, and I had a little short track that literally ran parallel with Pacific Coast Highway. I mean, I'm talking cars coming head on at me 10 feet from me, and I would just burn laps all day long. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> you know? I, I know I know the feeling. Yeah. I, I have I have this. Uh and but you know it, it, it's kind of cool to finally sit next to the guy in this photo because I have this shirt someplace and it's right. like I, I kind of just have piles and piles of shirts and I just they just kind of go through and I have certain ones like my fuck you shirts are they're not as organized as Cato he's probably you know he's got that little bit of you know he makes his sisters eyeing them right it's pretty organized I'm sure but like I go through and I have my cool shirts and. and and it's in there. It's a shirt I'll never wear when I'm painting or doing work. Right. It's I want it to last like this one. It, it's like I, I wear this when I want to show somebody something cool. And this that's a, that's the thing. It's a I, conversation piece. I have this shirt. I, I would I would have worn this shirt tonight had I known better, but I don't know better. The goal of designing any shirt, be it a fuck you shirt or any des design, is say you ha own seven shirts and you do your laundry and you lay them all out. And you're like, okay, I got a clean shirt for every day. No, you take them out and you throw them. I'll show you my thing. I take them out of my dryer and I throw them right across the hallway into this room that's all motorcycle gear and T-shirts. My point is when you have uh, <laughs> seven shirts laid out, I want to design a shirt that's the one you want to wear first. You know what I mean? They're all clean, whether you're going somewhere or not. And you're or, not or cooking you, spaghetti bolognese. Or, you're going to go, I'm wearing that shirt. Or you want to save it. Or you want to save it for that special What about this occasion? one? Wait a second. Hang on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Hang on. Oh, shit. My thong. Your thong. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, don't. Your bingo wings are showing. There we go. Yeah. Hey, bingo go wings. <laughs> I, got a, I, got, I got a fucking bingo wing for you, buddy. <laughs> touche, Gino. Touche. Wait a sec. On camera fist bump. Yeah. Hey, this show's an hour long. No, it's two. Two hours. I thought it was an hour-long show. No, it's two. Tech we, Talk Taco Tuesday. We usually set, we, so, we usually do this thing called Rooster Endo, which we're going to have to get you back out here just so we can do a Rooster Endo with you because I'm scared to death how awesome it would be. But I live far away. Well, the aliens, they have that teleporting shit that you went through, and you thought the ether. I thought the ether was good. How was the stuff they gave you? My buddy Seth Poe is scared of aliens. 
Uh-oh. I, hey, I name dropped Seth Michelle's watching. Michelle's watching. <laughs> hey, Jerry. So uh, we got, he's got Iowa? Oh, no, that's the same guy. Dave Scott, yep. He's got two chapters or a different guy? No, no, that's the same guy. The, the thing hasn't scrolled. But we have people in 42 states in the United States. What, and we, have what, six, we have six countries. What states do we need? What other states? You know what we don't have? We don't. We need a FACU representation in Louisiana. Louisiana. I know a girl from Louisiana, but she doesn't ride motorcycles, and I don't think her boyfriend wants me to get her in FACU. Okay, I so if you're detail, if you're out there in Louisiana world, <laughs> uh, in the Bayou, it just reach out you to ride FACU racing. Bikes. Say, say I ride in the swamps. Yeah, just send 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 FACU well, you racing. Put, a or thing. you put your CZ two fifty on a hoverboat and cruise around and kill alligators. That would be cool. <laughs> what if that would? What, what if it's a CR five hundred? Gene, tell them about your CR five hundred. The nineteen eighty nine CR five hundred. Hey, I'm coming into town to visit you. I don't really go into Vegas much, but oh, yeah. I'm going to come in and I want to see some of this stuff that you've got. Do, do you have more bikes than me? No. Oh, he doesn't. No. But his are nice. Mm -hmm. He has some oh, collective it's dual sport. It's a dual sport CR500. We have this segment that we usually do right now that I'm sure there's there's probably six people that submitted bikes tonight and they're so antsy because they could be competing for a $100 gift certificate from Takamoto. But we're not going to do that tonight because we're going to save Takamoto. Don't lay the blame on us. We're going to save Taco Mike. No, we're going to have we're going to have you can submit that bike cuz I Can I submit my, my 71 it, Norton Commando? No, it has to be a what's dirt bike. What's, what's the rules for how many bikes you can submit? It has uh, to be a dirt bike. You can submit as many as you want, but you can only win once. You can only win once. Okay. Because that I just saw that bike. I just glanced just, at it. Just like prom night. You can that? only Hold win on. once. Yeah. It was really <laughs> good tequila. Oh, Jimmy. It's not that good, but it was really good. Zamboni. Wait a second. Jimmy spilled tequila. Salamanca. <laughs> 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 Hold on, I can just snort it right off that's the table. That's not breaking here. bad. Jimmy spills tequila, that's breaking sad. <laughs> I just saw, I just glanced at that bike. Gene showed me that thing on the screen right now, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. That thing will win. Except, here's the problem. This is what we do it with when we do Rooster Endos. We, we look at a lot of different things. We take a lot of into consideration, almost knocked it over again. There's still a little bit left. Hold on. Hmm. A CR500 dual sport bike is probably not the best idea. Well, no. Tell him why when Kenny Roberts roosted you at the Tombstone <laughs> Trail Ride. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him oh, about yeah. damn so, Kenny. So there's a trail ride in November. It's called a Tombstone Trail Ride, and a friend of mine puts it on. and We take off, and I want to ride in the front where there's no dust, so I ride with Terry, and he's got an old XR600. We're just kind of cruising along. Best the road. bike we, ever, unless it's on top of your head in an Amazon jungle. I know exactly. You're gonna have to listen to the first to part of the show. Right hand sweeper, and we're just kind of cruising along, our feet on the pegs. And all of a sudden, here comes this. I don't know what the hell it is on a, on an adventure bike, completely sideways, roosts me, and then takes off down the road. And it was Kenny Roberts on a Tenere 700. Yeah, it was whatever the right. Yamaha's big adventure so then bike is. At oh, that moment, twelve hundred. At that moment, Gene says, He's "I'm going to get a CR five hundred. I'm going to get a plate on it, and it's going down, bro. Yeah. You know, so I, I, Hatfield versus do, McCoy. Do you still do you still number talk, three against you still talk Kenny. To Kenny regularly? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I through my cycle world contacts and different times, I used to get to go out to dinner with him every once in a while. He used to like to go to this place called Golden Truffle, mm -hmm. which was down in Newport Beach. It's owned by a gay guy. Alan. Actually, short story. 
I own, he, he catered our wedding. My, my, own, my wife's wedding. I own Fuel Safe, and he used to come in, and we made for his for his uh, Odysseys that he was racing. We yeah. made the fuel cells for his Odyssey. So, so well, I, I, I think I think so. it was, is the guy that owned Golden Trouble, Alan. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alan, for some reason, really liked me. Maybe you know who knows I just why. Told you why. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, Matt, put that, put that on the grind. Check him on the grinder account. Uh, no, he, <laughs> sometimes it, so, you gotta so, ride a Suzuki. So <laughs> I used to get to go hang out and go eat dinner with that guy, and he found out about our XR100 racing, our Supercross backyard Supercross stuff, right. and they had all their XR100 flat track and stuff, and they were using uh, Frank Nye, the science guy, the engines only guy yeah. down there. Yeah. And he had heard that there was these guys in Southern California that had engines that were faster than Frank's. And so Kenny invited me up to his his uh, his ranch to go do a cl- uh, a, 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 a race short track, but also we had a little motor track for the mini bikes and stuff. And he invited a whole group up there, and he wanted us to come up there and race with him. Claiming rule. Oh really? There was a claim. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's this claiming rule thing, and I'd, I'd heard about claiming rules before, but like did did a little investigation because he's really really adamant about making sure we understood that there was a claiming rule because they basically wanted to buy our motors because they heard that there was motors faster than the, the other That's guys. Right. So, uh, yeah, good. <laughs> good. Kenny I got a quick <laughs> question here from Victor Andrade. He yeah. said, come on, Jimmy, CR 500 with an oversized rear sprocket on it. Made me think of the Fink desert race bikes back in the day. My good buddy from, uh, Outback motorcycle adventures, Michael Vroom, a former Fink Desert Race winner in Alice Springs, Australia. Back in the day, him guys like him and Rick Hall, fifteen thirty six. Explain what would how fast you would go on a CR five hundred if you had fifteen thirty six. The rear sprockets like this big. It looks like a freaking chocolate chip cookie. Well, I hate to talk about you know stuff I've done in the past, but wait, don't segue <laughs> into you fifteen thirty six on a CR five hundred. So I did a That's test about one hundred and eighty four miles an hour. I did a test with Dirt Bike Magazine. This is back when I was an intern, allegedly, and Ron Lawson wanted to do the fastest dirt bike story, and it was kind of. Before Ron's time, they'd done this story, and Rod Bush on a KTM 500, maybe at the time, like set the the, the dirt bike land speed record thing or whatever. It was out of Mirage Del Mirage Dry Lake bed, and so Ron wanted to recreate this story. And I remember going out there, and I was the the test rider at the time, so I had all these big 500s and KTM 540 at the time, the 540 MXC. Tom Moen was out there and he's basically stripping plastic off this bike to make it go faster because it was all aero at the yeah. time. But the gearing, you're talking about like 15. So 15 was what the sprockets were on all those bikes. And they were going down to like, like I think the smallest you could go in the KTM was like 41 or 42 before it started running on the hub. Yeah. And so I don't know if you can do a 36. That they might did, be- but. They had to shave something off. I'm not, I don't okay. remember, but so, they had to shave something off because the, the rear yeah, sprocket this was is so why, bad. This is why you listen to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday because- Rumi, save me. We, so we, know, we know the shit. How fast did you go with that gear with the 1541? We, we were kind of stuck at, at around- I, I don't. I don't miles an hour. No, no. We were up in the 115s, 117s. And and we started running. It was basically became a traction problem, right? Because we go back and look in the dry lake bed, and you could see where the knobby and 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 you could see where it had slipped, right? You, you know, so right. you, all of a sudden you get to a point where you're pushing, and we were, 
if you went on the, if I rode in the exact same track, it'd go slower. So I'd move over a little bit and, you know, get it, get a little bit better speed. And if the wind was blowing just a little bit, it could affect it however much the speed of the wind was. And it it was, you know, we were trying to do something stupid, but it made for a good cover line. Fastest dirt bike ever. Got to know how to register it, right? Michael Perry. Hello. I just want you to know I'm staring at all of you intensely while sat on the toilet having a huge poo. Hey, Mike. That's your problem. Yeah, not ours. But hey, enjoy Golden tech, Truffle. Enjoy Tech Talk Taco Tuesday any way you can. Because it's never going to get any better. Don't it's push, just, you'll so, blow a gasket. So your, your friend wants to know how to register a CR500. So, yeah, scroll back up there. See, this is, see, we so got other expert advice here. I'll let you tell it because I can't remember the name of the shop. That you oh, go there and they oh, tend they handle all the paperwork for you. They do oh, they do sportsman cycle sportsman cycle in Las Vegas. Oh, they still do that. Yeah, they they actually can fill out all the paperwork for you to take right. the DMV and, and register. You make sure it's legal. You make sure you have your lights and well, stuff. What there. a state is it played? So in. sportsman cycle. Back, yeah, back from when Daryl was running. Back right. when the folks right. was running, Daryl was running, and he did a couple of bikes for me. But it was you know they're, they're dealing with a guy. He made sure my stuff was legit oh no everything they put on there is correct it, it has a horn it's got a high and low beam it's got turn indicator stop yeah. lights you name it how how is it how is it when you're dual sporting like i mean riding on the road he just finished putting just, it together yeah, he hasn't, hasn't ridden, ridden it yet. oh yeah. Yeah. okay he just they put dot tires it. on it so probably not very good no you need to run some kenda kenda um parker what, dt's what are the ones you had on your bike today that the compound was super soft uh, I think it was like I was on the 350. Top a, secret or allegedly, something? yeah, allegedly okay. that's something else that I'm not talking about. You know, it's just something I'm testing kind of non, whatever. If we named it Jimmy soft. Lewis Taya, would you talk about it? If I were selling the pause it. Is the if, answer. If, I were, <laughs> if I were selling it and making the money that they'll probably make on that, yeah, for sure. But no, it's just part of what my job is. And we, But if you want a really good DOT knobby, that, especially for the conditions out here, Kenda Parker DT. And I'm not okay. saying that because Kenda does help and support my schools. I'm saying that because they're actually really good it's DOT good tire tires. Tire. And they it, don't ride on the pavement hardly at all. You yeah. Know that. Ne- yeah. N- neither do I. I just do burnouts on the pavement a little bit here and there. Um, Chris Real had a question earlier about a moose or something. Did you see that uh, front fender turn sideways? He was talking about the the... You know what's cool about leftover moose? So Chris mooses? probably was involved in the, the shootout before I was a long, uh-huh. long time ago. You know what's cool about um, leftover mooses when you're done with them and no good? You can cut them up and you can make black, licorice, flavored balloon animals that make children cry. I know. I've done it. Believe me. Do you need Do you need some more? Are you think about getting into this line? No, because I almost got in trouble. I got in a bit of a jam for it because you know when you make orphans cry with balloon animals that are licorice flavored. The van was running out of registration at that point. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Cuffed and <laughs> well, stuff. What was, what was the other What was the other Chris real question? My friend but, wants to know about using moose tubes for extreme trail riding. What are the differences in feel? Of the brands, a bike is a KTM 300. That's the best bike ever, expert level rider. A lot of, uh, that's a big question, but we'll get to it. So Moose's, each one has a different feel. I think there's maybe 5% of the riders in the world that would know the difference between the different feels. You know, you you can tell some are a little bit more springy. Some have a more dead feel. Um, Some are horrible. Uh, depending on the things, but the 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 name the name brands you've heard of are all good. The mooses break in, so in other words, when you put one in, if you, if you're just doing extreme trail riding, 
if you have a lot of money, buy the, the softer ones, the ones that are rated at lower pressures because they start out lower pressures and they, they work better and then they wear out quicker. If you're on a budget, buy the ones that are rated at higher pressures and they last longer. They're not as good for the extreme enduro in the beginning, but they'll wear themselves down. And if it's too stiff when you buy it, give it to your buddy that's going to ride a dual sport ride, have him run it once and then take it back from him and put it in your thing. And you'll still get double the soft life than you would on the plushy one. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, solving your problems, ladies and gentlemen. Do you worry about the sidewall flex on a enduro bike like you would, like a a dirt track bike or speedway bike? You're looking at how the tire flex and everything else. It it controls a lot of your forward bike. Absolutely. You you saw what I was doing today. Yeah. You know, when I was playing around in that, in that, in the figure eight, just kind of in, in, you know, I'm riding around, I'm just trying to see the, the, the behavior of the of the tire, the way that the, the the tires working and flexing, and you know, and, and and there's especially with knobs, there's knobs and then there's carcass, right? And and it's hard to distinguish between like which one's doing which, but then you can kind of change the pressure a little bit, and then you can start feeling the carcass mm-hmm. work. And so there was there's it's it's really critical, I think, especially when you're you're working on developing that tire to make that tire work ideal. And this is what you get with some of the brands that they just they just pick a carcass and they stick knobs onto it right. as opposed to like, hey, we're going to work on making this carcass work correctly and we're going to try to get the compound on that. No, what's funny is everybody's learning. It's not funny. Well, it's, it's what everybody's doing. They're learning how the softer rubbers and the more flexible rubbers can sometimes not only last longer, but provide better grip. And oh, yeah. and I think that on the, on the road side, and I know, you know, in talking to flat track guys, how critical – they 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 were on, you know. They, they, you guys you guys used to soak your tires and stuff to make the rubber break down, right? Sometimes, yeah. We had you know multiple compounds sometimes, so yeah. And it makes a difference depending on the track surface. You know, if it's like it's loamy like you're out there today, depending on how wet it is, or if it's a blue groove or it's real hard and dry. You know, the compound makes all the difference in the world. It's yeah, and and you know, I, I imagine if you're going around a circle in one direction, it's only one side of the tire that re- it, the center and one yeah. side. Yeah, would. but you got to remember too. Also, uh, tire pressure is also spring rate, which is you know in race cars is really important. But it also applies to motorcycles. Uh, of course, yeah. and and that's you know a lot of times people ask you like what what tire pressure do you run and whatever. It's like well, I kind of have some standards. Like in my dirt bikes are twelve pounds. So so right. so so we kind of the the bikes I was riding today were set at twelve psi because I'm I haven't started altering the pressures just yet. I'm trying to get a certain feel, a baseline we'd call it, and then like an adventure bikes. It's for me, it's 27. Like they recommend 33 a lot of times, but I'm, I'm more off road. So I work on 27 because it gives me the bump compliance off road, but not the wallow when you get onto the street. You know, you right. can come at, you can, you can do some, you can get the, the tire to slide. And it doesn't have that, that snap that it would get at, at 33 pounds. It's good and consistent right. at 25, 24 pounds. It's going to start sliding. The it's side, going to, the sidewall flexes. Yeah, and, and so now you get this double snap. So it it is like I said, spring preload. And back to the moose question that we were asked there. It's like you, and I think you were asking this. It's like at the point you can get a moose that's so soft that all of a sudden you're riding on kind of a flat tire ish, where there's no sidewall stability, and that that bothers me more. I, I it 
it's like, it depends on what you're doing. You know, there's, there's a way when you have a super dead moose and it's great all the time, but boy, you don't want to have to rail around a turn. You're going to pay if for it. If you have it. a dead moose, is that time for a divorce? <laughs> I don't know. I have, I, I don't, because marriage is the number one cause for divorce. And I just thought that was a pertinent question. What if your moose is just sleeping? Depends on if you're in Canada. We'll have to ask Guy Perret. Or Guy Giraud, FAHQ Canada. Yeah. 801. His wife just won the championship in her division. Hey, does do, do most of the Canadians you know live underground and have small beady eyes? Just a question. I don't know, but I think that America's kind of screwed up, so Canada probably thinks they live above a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> I, were, thought of were, an, I thought of another Incas rally story. They, Tell me if you remember this they, one. They were, you were allowed to look out the window of the spaceship you flew in here. <laughs> <laughs> at the Incas rally, when it was all said and done and we were leaving, remember we were at that beach resort thing, we had the final test, and we're all, okay, let's all go, and we all get in the bus, and it was about a four-hour ride back Oh, to that was after I went and did the banger photos with Joe Bonello out on the beach. Joe Bonello, my cousin. Yeah. Shout out to Joey B., Anyhow, we all got on the bus. I think it was about a four-hour ride back to Lemur or wherever we were going. So anyhow, we're all sitting in the all bus. All I remember was that white cloth. I this, remember getting in the bus in a white cloth. How's this, though? This true story. Sitting in the bus, we're all sitting there like this. We're ready to take off. They're finishing loading the bus up. I look out, and somebody goes, whose bike is that? And we, and we go like this. It's my XR600. It's just sitting there up against the building all by itself. Like Franco had got it from some bike shop in Lima and... I raced it and I didn't know if they took it. They didn't take it. But I looked, there's my race bike from the event. So we're like, Franco, we're about to leave. So I'm like, Franco. And he goes, he goes over to his buddies in Italian. They get the bike. They drain out all the gas, tip it over upside down, get the gas out. They go to the side of the bus where all the luggage goes and they pick the thing up and they start juggling. They get this XR 600. They put it under there and shut the door. Vai, andiamo. Siete pronti ragazzi, andiamo. We took off. Three quarters of the way, we stopped, nighttime, middle of nowhere, met the guy, somebody got on the phone, the guy from the bike shop. We dropped off the bike, we're out of there. Franco, working his magic. This is Franco, I'll massage it. There's a problem, he'd look in, he'd go, like I got it. Just stuffed yeah. it underneath. Franco, we were about to Franco leave. Franco Cherby's. Yeah, Franco Cherby, sorry. Personal friend of Jimmy Lewis's. Well, no, he's he's my savior. No, and a Frankie, Frank, Frankie, Franco is our mentor. Franco is the man. There is no greater person in the world for motorcycles than the couple di copy, Franco. He, so I was, I was uh, dying, like literally dying in uh, Zurat, Mauritania. I, I just, it was 127 degrees on the day I almost dehydrated and died in, in the Dakar rally. And they, they flew me back in the helicopter to the bivouac and stuff. And of course, the rally keeps going. And they always say the real Dakar starts when you're not in it anymore. And all of a sudden, it's gone. Like in the because I was out and yeah. I was kind of screwed up. And I was there with my mechanic, Eric Halmerson. And it was like, how, what do we do now? And they're like, oh, you know, the organization, like, you just take a cab to, to, to the, the coast. And Zurich's really kind of famous because there's a lot of slavery still. And so I'm like, what, one of the cars with like no doors and three tires like that to the coast. Cause you're going through like an area that's you're still war torn and pretty, pretty bad. I'm like, how do I get out of here? Well, Franco was there and he, he had, 
He said he had a villa in, in Zurat, Mauritania. He was staying someplace because he, he he got driven down in this car that actually had four tires on it that drove him down there. And he and so he came and 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 I you know I'm like how do I get out of here or whatever and uh, and the organization is oh, I just take a car and Frank goes no I, I take care of it and I'm like uh, whatever and we go to try to get on the airplane with the VIPs and they're like no no room right like you're not going you're going to have to take a taxi. Well, what about a plane? Can we take a plane? Your next plane lands in three weeks. Like three weeks, I'll, I'll end up being a slave here. Did you in say Mauritania? Mauritania. Mauritania. Yeah, Zorat, I've been Mauritania. there. Really third world, big time Mauritania. Yeah. And so I think one train runs through there like once a week and an airplane lands every so often. I'm like, well, so Franco said, don't worry about it. I'll get it taken care of. And I don't know. He disappeared. And we're still like trying to figure it out. Well, somehow he got me and my mechanic a spot on the VIP plane and it was, and it cost us a shit ton. I mean, and this is weird. You've ever gotten a plane, you had to pay the, the stewardess cash. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we. No, she, but I had a sore neck once and well. Anyhow. Yeah. They, they took, they took us on the plane, but they took us on the plane and then we had to pay a lot of money. And it maybe Franco had bought the ticket to get us on the plane, but then they knew that we were just like panicked and screwed and they took more money from us. But yeah, that was, that was my, Franco saved my life. I probably would yeah. still be, I would, I'd probably be dead by now, but you know, working in the, in the iron mines in Zurat, Mauritania, slavery, still, still a thing. And I was, I wasn't the right color to not be taken advantage of at that point in that we part were in, of the world. We were in Mauritania <laughs> when I covered the Dakar rally and, me and my cameraman, Doug Frankie, we'd fly ahead with <laughs> a press plane and me and Dougie and the female producer that we work with, we'd get arrange some ride, a taxi and we'd go into town and we'd shoot what they call in television B-roll. B-roll is, you know, like a kid kicking a little homemade soccer ball, somebody pushing a donkey cart, you know, stuff in the town. And of course, in Mauritania, right. no offense, third world country pretty barren visual B-roll. So we go there and we're kind of walking a little bit off the beaten path and we come around the corner and there's these broken little concrete brick wall and there was a uh, a goat market, like a bunch of guys, goats, and all these guys with these turbans on and they're buying and selling goats. Well, there's one guy, he's skinning a goat. He's got this dead goat by the neck on a rope and he's pushing his fist up in the skin, getting the skin away from the body. I'll get off that. So Dougie's trying to take a yep. picture with the camera and the guy turns and looks at him like in Peru, if you take someone's picture, you got to pay him. You yeah. try and take their photograph, you got to give him some money. So this guy turns, you know, he's working on this dead goat. He turns to Dougie and he puts his hand out. So Dougie takes out some coins and drops them in the guy's hand. And the guy goes like this, but it's from the place we were before. So it wasn't the same money. Uh -huh. So it didn't mean nothing to him. So he goes so it was like Moroccan. It was, it, was, uh, it was Moroccan money and he wanted CFA. Yeah, something. So he yeah. gives it back to Dougie. So Dougie takes it and he puts it in his pocket. And I just kind of look at the guy, I look at Dougie and I go, you just took money back from a guy who had his fist up a dead goat. <laughs> and, and, and Dougie goes like this. Dougie goes like this with this. It was so, it was so Caucasian. He goes like this. He's all, oh, Oh, and he gets out the hand sanitizer. He's all, <laughs> I still have the picture at home. The guy's like, the dead goat's up there. <laughs> Having a bad goat, dead here day. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, where you can learn about motorcycle and motorcycle related products and how to properly desanitize your hand after you stick it up a dead goat's ass. Well, it wasn't up the ass, but, you know, if you were them, <laughs> <laughs> I don't damn know. moose tubes. Yeah, mooses. 
Yeah. So yeah, are you Frank, guys Franco, having fun out there? Franco. Like Matt said, this is probably the top three best show ever. I want to know if you, the fans of TTTTT, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Do you say five of them? Because if you do, I have to have it. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I designed the sticker, bro. I know what it says. Did we use the Husaberg sticker? I didn't know where it was. Oh. I didn't have the. I didn't have it. Didn't have the assets. Why doesn't Taco Mini Bikes sponsor this show? You know a guy because we're always looking Joe, for sponsors. Joe Ravello. Yeah, we should talk to that guy because I, I, I think he's watching. Actually, we should probably have some Taco Mini Bikes for when we have pre Tech Talk Taco Tuesday flat tracking when the temperature cools down here because yeah. we've had some pretty famous people out here, and I think that those people could probably ride on a Taco Mini Bike and not upset their sponsors. Yeah, yeah. When we, they come out here, can we throw a thank you bone to Chris Carter at Motion Pro? Absolutely. Yep. Go ahead. What? Chris Carter from Motion Pro makes the cables and the specialty tools for the motorcycle industry. Is one of the donors to the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame, and actually, he is he going to be there in July? One of the first donors, absolutely. And he's being inducted in the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. He Him does too. A, he does a lot for the motorcycle. There's about sixty people that go. If in I get year. if I get lucky enough to have those four hundred and fifty words determine my fate on this on this see, thing, see how he derailed poor Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to I want to be there because I, I want to be inducted with Chris. And then there was a lot of other famous people that you talked about tonight that I can't remember right now. We went to the Sacramento Mile and we went to the Motion Pro facility and I met Chris and he said he knew me from before, but I don't remember. And we were talking. And he gave us some T-shirts and hats and it was all cool. And everybody was there flying Mike Faria. Yeah. And we told him about the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. And Garth Brow was there. Garth Brow. And, you know, we're trying to get donations. So Gene paid for the first thousand shoes, that the hot shoes we give away. We're trying to get donations. So when those run out, we can, you know, roll it over and get another set. So we mentioned this to Chris. That's fine, whatever. And I'm just standing there and they're all talking. All of a sudden I turn around and 15 minutes later, this lady comes up and hands me an envelope. And I turn and I'm like, I don't know who she is. She gives me an envelope and I look and Chris goes, no, that's a donation. He had snuck off and told one of the oh, women in the office and they went and they, and they cut a check and on the spot, he was one of the first people to donate. So thank you to Chris Cotter at and Motion Pro. This isn't a plug for his products. No, they it, sell themselves. The facility right. is massive and they make good stuff, but was very generous to him and we're accepting donations on behalf of Gene Woods and the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame so we can continue to do good things. And I'm only going to be serious a little bit. So if you want to help us get our backs, and hey, that's and one of the main there's reasons there's why we're here. There's a link right there, and, uh, and it, this is, really does good things. This is not uncommon for Chris Carter, by the way. Right, I, no, he you helps know, a this, lot it, of people. It, yeah, no, it, yeah. It, and especially when, it, especially when it involves a little bit of flat track. That's yeah. like a that's a right. good hook for him. But he's you know they 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 make great tools, they make great products, and uh, San Felipe Bob wants to know if I remember Jack Simmons. Of course, him and Bill Manley, and Bill unfortunately just passed away not too long ago. That's Brian's dad, uh, who used to race Speedway mm. with my brother and quite a few people. And Jack also rode Speedway in the early days. Of course, absolutely remember him. One of the uh, one of the fastest guys around, the Norton gang, him and Bill. So guess who else we're inviting to be in the Hutchu Hall of Fame, Jimmy? A good, close, personal friend of yours. Well, that's a, short, first a real short list. The first American to ever win the Dakar Rally. Oh, that Ricky guy? Ricky Brabeck that guy that has been invited. Every once in a while? Steve Hengevelt. Oh, I know Steve. Jeff Fredette. Right. Franco Cherbies. Seth Enslow. Famed Krusty Demon and Freestyle Madness. We big, had known we, for big have, jumps. Where do we're we mixing the, it up. We're bringing them all in. Who else? Drop some names. The Collins brothers. Where do we yeah, have all, the top? We top? Have, this we, is a good one. The we, Collins brothers. The Collins brothers are one of the most famous and most successful Speedway brother 
of of the entire Speedway history, but they are from Europe. Uh, Peter Collins, world champion, MBE, which means member of the British Empire, knighted by the Queen. Wow. So I have all five Collins brothers have have donated their shoe to the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame along with their likeness and everything else. So we have them all there. We have some really, really cool stuff. I have, We have uh, Ivan Major's gold shoe there, nine-time world speedway champion. We have Kenny Roberts' shoe, uh, Eddie Lawson. You know, it, just, it goes on and on. You, you we're, getting Frank, you know, we're getting Franco Cherbis in this year. Is he going to come? I don't know, Hope but so. we're trying to work it out with Michaelis. Tell, tell, Scott him, Cox tell him if he gets into trouble in Vegas and stuff, I can help him out. Yeah. I can Scott make sure Cox he doesn't get trying to help inducted us into liaise that like, with Michaela, which is Franco's daughter. Yeah. So we're getting Franco in. And who else? Am I forgetting somebody else? Yeah, there's you know, there's a pretty big list of, of Bill Gussie. Do you know who Bill Gussie is? Well, he put he put on this stupid race that I never got to go to, and it pisses me off because it was like an extreme enduro before there was extreme enduro. So I raced the moose, moose run, the moose run, and yeah. finished, and you didn't. Oh what Jesus the H! Fuck? I know somebody. I don't know if forgot. I'm going to get your invite the list. Uh, re you know, second appearance is getting shorter. The coolest shorter. thing about Bill Gussie is if you're out in the middle of the woods screaming that you hate him, he is so happy. The horrified terrified screams of I like someone this guy stuck out on his courses <laughs> he's just like you know i think jimmy jarrett or somebody came in one time and they're yelling they're like that was the stupidest race i'll never race this again and bill just smiled and goes hey thanks for coming he loves it because he's old school hardcore illinois single track when you race the moose run which is now called the race yeah. um it's two 40 mile loops with lots of log crossings and I'm good at log. I want to. I want to. I Charlie do, Williams told me. Can we one, go fifty plus class at that thing? I don't know. Charlie Williams told me one time. This is how sick. I don't race anymore. This is how sick Bill Gussie is. One time Charlie Williams said they rooted everybody down in this little this gully. It was like you know ten foot walls and they were you know, serpentine through the gully and it was kind of bumpy and leaves and all this and, that. and Charlie goes it was really stinky. And I'm like, stinky. He goes, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's where all the pig shit from the No, thing. there was a turkey farm close by. Turkey, you, tur and they threw all the turkey caucuses in the bottom of the thing. And <laughs> yeah. Bill ran everybody through it. So it yes. smelled. I don't know if anyone out there in TV land, podcast land, whatever. We're not doing live stream, live stream Live land, stream land. Has ever smelled dead turkeys in a gully. But <laughs> I, I say David Beckham's not making a cologne out of that shit anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham's new fragrance. Turkey yeah. neck. Yeah. <laughs> where where do we even start to get to turkey necks and well, goat skinning? Oh, that, that was a long time ago. That was a couple trips ago. The turkey neck thing started. Yeah. Blame it on Matt. It's not Bob's fault. Yeah. Bob's over there with this whole defibrillator <laughs> thing he's making so on his own. Dumb, I have a dumb question. You say the no, moose, no such thing. The moose run does that have anything to do with the moose products? It was. I think. I think it. I don't actually know the, the history of how it got started, but Moose Racing did sponsor it for a long time. Right. Maybe that's okay. why they kind of changed right. the name and, and whatnot. But I remember when I would see uh, back then, you'd see pictures and they would send them to the magazine or whatever. And I'm like, I want to do that because they, right. they'd have a log that I'm like, I can ride over that log. Yeah, and the I, lo they called it the log. They had it's one, actually pretty big. It's just big enough to where you think you can do it and on the backside. It's like six inches too far. So when you come down, if you, you if you don't, if you don't, ta if you don't get traction off your front right. wheel your front suspension collapses and you go over the top how do i know this i do stupid st i practice this and whatever but i want to do that I, st I still i don't race anymore but i still want to i would want to do that 
Like it sounds like a certain kind of fun. Jeff Fredette won that a lot. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Jarrett won Jarrett that went, a yep. lot. Cato's been there a million times. Good friends with the Gussie family, Monty Gussie, Dossie Gussie, Bill Gussie. The moose run is, uh, I was tired at the end, big time. I mean, 240 mile laps of pure single track, lots of lot. The, the logs that you, he has the log, which is the spectator log you're right. talking about. There's some other ones that are even bigger. You're out just in the middle the of nowhere. Of, yeah. You just, you, just, you launch your bike, bike up the top of it, falls it. over. It's kind of like the Mauna Kea 200. Same thing. A lot of log crossings under over before hot enduro, like back in was the day, it, I remember Gilele Classic. Nobody before hot enduro really was hot enduro. Yeah, nobody really practiced this kind of stuff, and they weren't specializing. It was just like you—you you had to have a certain kind of gnarly to 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 be able to, you know, muscle your way through it. There wasn't a technique. It was just like I'm going to get my bike and my body through this course. It was like when it when an enduro when it, when the weather just turned to crap on an enduro, and it would turn it into something different. Right. And everybody complained, and I've. Unfortunately, I, when I was growing up, like I had enduros called off. Like they, they stopped at a checkpoint. I'm like, I ain't stopping. Like this is getting good. Right. <laughs> That's when Kevin Hines has a boner. Yeah. When yeah. it's raining and, and Malcolm Smith's actually crying at the Saboba trail ride. That's when Kevin Hines is like, fuck yeah. New England. Yeah. I like, I like that kind of stuff. I like Kevin. We got along in that, in that respect. Kevin Hines, 1987 national enduro champion riding with them in the sand and uh, Cape Cod on mountain bikes, just sucking Andy's in shape. I'm not. I'm dying. This will segue into a good one. And I go, oh, this sucks. Hines on the brakes. Turns around. He looks at me. He goes, you know the way home. He's the guy. He's the guy. He looked at me and he would say, hey, do you want to go the easy way or the hard way? And I go, I knew there was no answer. I go, I want to go the hard way, faking I meant it. He was going to take it that way anyhow. Right. You know, Paul Clipper, former Trail Rider right. magazine, right? Yes. Me and Paul Clipper were riding with Kevin Hines, riding mountain bikes with Kevin Hines and his dentist, I forget his name, the four of us, you know, tough. He's, he's a mountain bike guy. Yeah. Tough, yeah, yeah. tough mountain bike ride in the middle in, of nowhere. I was in Colorado at some other thing and they rode I'm up on mountain done. bikes. I'm almost You can have the floor in two yeah. seconds. It's just, so I know, you know them guys. little them little capsules that, you know, like the Halloween, you yes, bite them and it makes, no, it makes blood. Yeah. Like, you know, oh. Halloween. Well, I had a couple of them because I knew I was going riding with Hines. I taped them under my top tube. So, you know, near the end of the ride, there's this pretty technical <laughs> hill climb. And Heinz pedals right up with his skinny little freaking chicken legs. His, his calf's about as big as my wrist. And the dentist guy's right behind him. They're in shape. They can ride. Then they're right. like, kick, kick, kick. And there was water before it. So we got to push our bikes through this deep thing. And then I kind of had to jump off my bike and make it up there. And me and Clipper, and they're up at the top just looking down all freaking high and mighty because they cleaned the section. Ooh, you're going to get laid. So I come up and I had put the, the blood capsule in my mouth, <laughs> but I didn't bite it down yet. And I struggle. I get up to him and I throw my bike down. I go like Gary Oldman in The Professional. <laughs> and I go Phew, with blood out of my mouth. And Heinz looks at me like this. And the dentist guy goes, that's not real blood. Oh, jeez. That was awesome. Oh, I had the little, under the top tube, I had that shit planted. Heinz would say, oh, go over and jump that tree root next to that tree. And I'd get the pedal in the shins and just vampire the front of my freaking leg. And he's like, oh, that's going to feel better when it stops hurting. <laughs> but I do love him because Heinz, whiny hiney, we called him sometimes. But Kevin Heinz is a man and is the man and he's gnarly and he rode um november carson yep he did november carson and he and many other things we, we i we were racing at the same time and i was a little bit younger but 
uh, he, he, I beat him in a, at an enduro in, in Southern California once. Actually, it was in Kalinga. It wasn't the national enduro, but it was a yeah. Kalinga. And he figured I cheated. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I heard the whiny hiney part because yeah. it was only him. It was his girlfriend at the time. But it was a term of endearment. Oh, man, they just laid in, like, it had to have been cheating, because I, I was just, like, a kid. Tommy know. Norton and Kevin Hines are like this. Tommy will tell you, me and Kevin Hines are like this. This is me. This is Hines. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. We're both really fast, so they got to do that alpha male shit. Tommy the turtle. Never seen that. That Me and Tommy had our rise to fame on the KTM 125s at the same kind of time. Yeah. He won Blackwater. I won some hair scrambles out here. Yeah. But the best Tommy Norton story I have is he didn't really get up into the mountains too much. And he, he was he he went on a I think it was a moose like a trail ride up in Colorado. They did a media thing or something. Yeah. And he was struggling with the altitude, really struggling. Was he on a one two five? Yeah, he was on a one twenty five. You know, I just had his ninja turtle right, graphics right, right. and stuff. Yeah. And and he was just really having a hard time with the altitude. He's like, Hey, I got this headache and stuff like that. And uh He's like, what, what, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you just hyperventilate. <laughs> I like, I'm like, you just, you know, there's not as much oxygen. This is just Jimmy being Jimmy. They're like, not as much oxygen. So if you just <sighs> and take more oxygen, like it'll, it'll go away. He's like, really? So we're, we actually, we stopped because it was lightning and we all, well, he stayed up on the top of the ridge and everybody dove off the ridge because of the lightning and went into the trees. And I rode back up and got him and brought him down. I didn't want to see fried. Turtle. turtle. Yeah. So I brought him down in the trees. And so now we're buds. We're okay. Right. And he's like having a, he's, he's literally like really gnarly headaches and not feeling too good. You know, it's flu. And I'm like, I ah, just like hyperventilate. And we're all there with a whole group of guys. And so, so he, he did it. <laughs> Fainted. When, Tom, when, when Tommy Norton won the Blackwater 100, the only guy to ever win the Blackwater 100 on a, on a 125, the winningest small bore rider in GNCC history. He pulled a number two out of the bucket and he started on the line, the first row with Larry Rosler. And first lap, it's 25 miles, four 25 mile laps of hell put out by the late uh, Davey Coombs Sr. Uh, he flipped over the bars, exploded back with Link Drink. You know, the, oh, yeah, yeah, the little yeah, plastic. Yeah. He exploded his camel back. His That's the same drink. time as Kevco's Scubs tiki right. belt. He, same, and he yeah, wore yeah, those. Yeah. <laughs> and so he had nothing to drink for the rest of the race. And he lost his front brake. So he was riding the whole, the KTM 125, the Blackwater 100, no front brake, nothing to drink. Anyhow, they didn't even know who he was because they're looking for Eddie Lojack. They're looking for Mark Hyde. They're looking for Scott Summers. Something happened to Larry Rossler. He DNF'd. Anyhow, here comes Tommy Norton, comes through screaming, locking up the back brakes, goes right through the famous video, right through the barrels, almost cleans everybody out. Then he turns around, brakes locked up. He's pushing his bike. Get the fuck out of my way! He screams. He's white. He's ashen face. Look like Casper the Ghost, out of control. And he goes, number two! And he wins the thing and he's just like, oh, it was crazy. But Mark, Mark Hyde comes through in second and Mark Hyde rolls through the checkered and he holds up his finger like would be his fourth win. Right. Because he didn't know he didn't win until he found out. <laughs> some he guy, some he guy on 125 beat him. Until he got beat. No offense to Mark Hyde because Mark yeah. Hyde is a stone cold badass and I'm not trying to throw him in the, in the dirt here. But, you know, he's like, and they go, hey, nice second place. And he's all, no. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Little Carpenter from Privateer Carpenter on a one two five wins the the famed Blackwater one hundred. All hail Tommy Turtle, the vice president of FACU. Yeah, uh, good good times. I 
I, I, I like that guy. I always like yeah, that. No, he's, <laughs> just, he's still gnarly. Just, he's like the Energizer Rabbit. I, I seen him about five years ago. I went to visit him. He's, he just doesn't stop. He's fucking wide open. That's good. Hey, so a couple things. So remember, uh, we're getting everybody excited about the uh, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame in July. Yeah. No, January 20th. January. July is July, January, six Jan- months away. So January 28th. I got a concussion this one time. Really? Okay. So in January 28th. That's good, Jerry. Don't worry. You're getting an award before Salamanca. we shut this. Sh- We're getting this award before this show shuts down. Uh, help Gene do the sh- help, shoes. Help the motorcycle industry do something great for people that yeah. are in need. I got an idea. I got a crazy idea that I'm going to talk about because we talked about the van shoes and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. I got another idea that might be even better, uh, but pretty pretty cool. I'm going to be wearing these around. Can I... Can I try to reenact that photo with these shoes on? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I just need a photographer I or something like that. Mini bike too at my house. You can use. Okay. I gotta come. I gotta come and check out your 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 uh, stall of bikes. I, how many uh, have you got? I don't have that many. Not that many. Half a dozen, but I got some pretty cool ones. Cool ones. I have okay. a Japanese speedway bike that's the only one in the country. So my track is almost speedway size. It's, it's yeah, Costa Mesa be. Speedway. Is, is Bad Brad Oxley going to be inducted into? Yes, he is. He's already in. Yeah. He beat me. No, he's going in this year. Oh, oh another one. Yeah. Okay, because I don't like. I'll tell you who's going in this year. I don't like Bad Brad to meet, meet, the, beat me that much. The best American in history to ride a Speedway bike, Greg Hancock, four-time world champion, will okay. be inducted this year. And so you may start thinking like, okay, flat track and, and Speedway and stuff and the steel shoe, but you have what you call... You 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 put me in the what donkeys class? Hmm? Yeah, the donkey class. No, it's called the icons. If you Icon. don't if you don't have a steel shoe, it doesn't mean you're not in the hot shoe hall of fame. The steel shoe is just the symbol of the organization, just because it's something cool and unique. Right. You, so you want to so hear the icons? You, you know, you're in there with people like Malcolm, Steve McQueen, Evil Knievel. It, it goes on and on. I mean, those are icons. So you're you're one of the icons. Maybe gotta, wait. Maybe maybe, maybe. if Allegedly. you have a shoe. So, but you know, well, and then, no, and then once, once so, a year. So I was talking to Ken Maley's son, uh, Mike. Th- Mike, this at the, at this other event, the Handstands at 100 event I went to earlier, and I didn't recognize him, and I couldn't remember his name, but Mike, uh, because it'd been like 15 years since I'd slid around their little flat track up there in Corona, mm-hmm. up in the hills above yep. Corona. And Ken offered to make me a shoe right. in his, in his older, in older age. Cause he knew in, in Brad was, I actually went out there and tested a speedway bike. Cause I was thinking about trying to do some speedway. Cause it was right down the hill from Costa Mesa right. or from where I lived and the fairgrounds. And I wanted to do it, but Ken offered to make me a shoe. And I said, no, I don't really want one because in my world, it was like good riders don't put their foot down. You know, it's was, it was right. like my just just being a right. cocky kid that was, and we were just sliding around on mini bikes. Is all we were right. doing at his place. We weren't real riding. I did try a speedway bike, and they did put a shoe on, but I didn't know how to use it. And there's a skill to that, and it's it's different. And I've got a chance to wear them a few times. And once you figure it out, and I never did. Right. I, I once you learn to trust that thing, all of a sudden you see the bike start hydroplaning and and getting on the rear wheel and and doing crazy stuff. But when you talk to really experienced motorcycle riders, we ex- we respect the the techniques that all the other disciplines have, whether it's road racing or flat track or speedway or motocross or 
extreme endure trials or all this stuff. And that's what's kind of cool is that you, you've had this hot shoe hall of fame, which a lot of these, like the trailblazers have their thing. Uh, you know, you have like Johnny Campbell and Scott Harden oh. starting with their, their thing, the handstands at 100s, which is like desert racing. They're trying to, you guys have been around for a lot longer. Like that racing was it's way a, It's actually the oldest ongoing world championship in motorsports. Yeah. And and so, so you guys in Australia. You guys have been around for a long, long time. You know, the the, the flat the going around in a circle fast right. you know, on motorcycles. And and then we have these other disciplines evolve from right. that. And so it's kind of cool that, you know, that that this is this is kind of you guys are recognizing your history, celebrating your history. Right. You know, bringing it forward. Well, this is really, that's just one part and one facet of what the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame is. Like I said, it's just a symbol of the Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. It, it encompasses the entire motorcycle industry. And I'm talking about not just motocross, but motocross mechanics, speedway, speedway mechanics. There's, yeah, there's, promoters, journal, there's journalists. There's promoters. Do you, do you think I can get in on journalist credit? Absolutely. We have, we have I was, I was an editor of a, of a very famous thing. It was called a magazine. Back what in the day before online well, magazine? No, no, no. It was it was actually thing so that before there was an Instagram. Question. It was before there was an Instagram. They had we actually printed a magazine. Oh, we got a, we have a question. Uh, do you need tickets for January? You need to register. It's an absolutely free event for everybody. If you go to hotshoehof.com, there's a registration key at the very top. You just click it and register and and you're in the event at that point. There's absolutely no charge. Free to Whoa. free to attend. We don't. We're not there with our hand out. We're we're there for everybody to come and have a good time. Um, there's that's the right yeah, there. We just threw the link up in the thing, but it's up. basically hotshoehof.com. Mm -hmm. If you should, should we make an announcement about uh, the new president? Or, or As a matter about? of fact, Gene, that's a great idea. Why don't you tell them who's going to be the lifetime achievement award this year in 2023? A very that's famous a motocrosser, Gene. Passing the verbal torch. It's it's my pleasure to let everybody know that Brad Lackey is oh. a Lifetime Achievement Award this year. We only give one award at this whole event, and that's it. So it's it's really cool. It's it's a bench race with a little bit of interviews going on, and we interview the really, you know, the people that they want to talk to. There's a couple of showgirls. Yeah, couple of showgirls. No, that's not that's not a lie. We have a couple of showgirls there, and we have a step and repeat for people to take pictures and. You know, and just and from, Brad will be on location well, well, from being in Brad's presence before and different things like this. He's a good interview. He'll tell a good he's, story. He's great. Yeah. And we also we also uh, will be airing the the venue that it's in is called Notoriety Theaters, and it actually has a hundred and eighty seat regular standard first class movie theater. There's a couple of bars attached, but in the theater we will be airing on any Sunday too, uh, which is neat. And, we're, and then we'll be honoring the people that that uh, wrote it, filmed it. The crew, the cast. Yeah, that's that's yeah. interesting, awesome, awesome information and stuff. I I'm I'm gonna be there, and I'm gonna be doing even shots if I, of espresso. Even, even if I handcuffed to Gene. Uh oh, what? Even if I don't get inducted, I'm I'm gonna show up. You're already inducted though. You keep having this like, am I in yet? You know, like it's like prom night. You're you, in, you bro. Said you're after, in. You said after we talked to him tonight that we would decide. No, no, I said he's going in. Oh, okay, I made so, a call on some okay, very Jerry, famous I, okay. people. I, I I really really appreciate you and like you for this, and that's why you're gonna get a special award in the show. I don't give out many awards, but I think pretty sure that Jerry out talked me tonight. Is this true? 
I don't think so, Matt? Bob. No. Bob, let's ask you know, Bob. We, we Who talked more? I think it's close. Uh, it's, it's it, you, close. you just uh, Bob applauded, so you you won this. And this is this is a hard award to get to out talk me on my own damn show, but it's called the the Jimmy. I rode my ass off award, which you talked your ass off award. But I do tongue exercises. Watch, here's my warm up. It doesn't. Oh, that doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't work on a we live just, feed. We just watch. We just watch Jerry's tongue spiral a full three sixty. But I bet you won't do that when you see what your award is. It's a pair of. Uh, you've seen me ride before, right? I rode my ass off, so I like to give these to special people. That there, there's holes in that. I hold you know, it up for the camera. If you pull those high enough. Oh, yeah, you can use them as a kidney. Yeah, I, I wore these for a day maybe when I was riding. So that's the front where my little small package goes. But look at the back there. And like, I, I'm not blowing stuff out the back. Oh, let What's me get all the, the white camera. stuff on there? That's bleach. I try to bleach out the stains. Yeah, they say, you know, they say but, it's bleach. But anyways, yeah. That's the back. I don't. Do you, can you shoot it out the back? That's bleach. Can you? Okay, that sounds like something a prepubescent teenager would tell their mom. That's go, bleach, mom. That looks like a freaking explosion in a yogurt factory that turned it into a planetarium. If I'm, I'm a, getting uh, goggles with tear offs, if I'm going to hang out, yeah. with you. You look like successful penetration much yeah. to me. Not. Oh, he's <laughs> like a boxer. I have to. I have to pat oh, off you, his head. He's sweating. You. You. Me the struggle. The stress. So, so you're trying don't to say my eye. Like don't shit. get in my eye. So you're trying I, I I received those marks. That's a that's a bad thing. No, the Hooserberg Bell <laughs> Salamanca. Didn't even say it tonight. Is is going? Yeah, we just did. But anyhow, uh, thank you guys for showing up. I I'm I'm us. super stoked that you guys uh, were able to you know get abducted by aliens and get dropped off here. We're arranging for you to be dropped back off. Uh, Good will, Mexican food downtown, the El Rey Mexican food no, place. El Jefe. El Jefe, sorry. El Jefe. Was, um, that was some uh, something else. There's some better El Jefe, ones, I think. I had Chili, Colorado. It was awesome. Well, okay. So uh, we're, we're promoting that. want to thank Chris Carter from Motion Pro. want to thank Jimmy, Matt, Bob. Bob, please, thank you for not having a heart attack. Because the whole mouth-to-mouth thing, it's so freaking cliche. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to die, bro. You are so going to die. Hey, Jerry, you see my sticker right here on my mic? There you go. Yeah. I'm actually making the next, the, the hoodies I'm making next up are going to have that big on the back. Okay. I just. And you're getting just, a hats coming. Just make my shirts so they show up right here on the show. And then I just like flex them with no, and nobody know. Every once in a while, I'll drop a, a, a fuck you, a good yep. team with a bad name. Yep. Uh, item on the show. I like and that. I'd like to personally thank one uh, group that is near and dear to my heart. And I would like to thank, well, I thank Gene for everything he's done for me, but I would like to thank the AMA. <laughs> Not! <laughs> hey, but wait, 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 Jerry. Jerry, you need to put in how they can get a hold of you when they need graphic arts. How do they get a hold of JB Black? Hey, just email JB us here Black. at the show. If you email us here at the show, we will get you uh, in contact with Jerry because he's uh, off. <laughs> he's, he's, do you want to take your award with you? Yep, there goes the award. It's, yeah, oh no. <laughs> Not even getting the podium speech. Hey, so uh, thank you to all of our sponsors who might want to reconsider their contract right now. But uh, thank you to Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts, and Bulletproof Designs. We are going to do a Bulletproof product of the night tonight, which was my Moto-minded 
little torch headlight guy. This guy right here. But we're going to do that in the, sh the next show. Yeah. So you have to wait and, and see that. We are also going to do the uh, the rooster endo. Do we have any good bikes? Is that the stuff? We that did have good bikes. We had good bikes? Yeah. Well, no, we're just okay. If you thought you had a good bike, it may not be uh, as good after Gene sends his bike in. And then uh, what was the other segment that we missed? Uh, Where I talk about the awesome climb gear that I wore? Yes. I wore awesome climb socks. One says break and one says go. One says stop and one says go. And I don't know which side I'm supposed to put them on. And yeah. It's not because I've ridden. I've ridden like old bikes that had the brake and the thing. I don't right. know my left from my right. So I'm even just, I'm in school teaching people and I'm saying, yeah, the brake. And I'm talking about, oh, wait, that's the wrong foot. Because right. you guys don't, in a car. you guys don't use brakes, right? <laughs> not a car. Speedway bikes don't have brakes. No. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Jimmy? We should just start saying like cap zero or cap, cap nine. Well, it depends. No, it depends. At that point, it depends on which direction yeah, no. my feet are pointing. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's what I mean. Like it's going to, I'll, I'll it would, change what cap you're, what they're at, but yeah, I'll, we'll help you out here. Uh, you're confused. No, no, I understand I know caps. And yeah, confused. that's what I'm saying. Is like so, like if you're facing, say you're facing cap cap zero, right? Your right is now cap ninety, and your left is cap two seventy. If you're a duck, no, it's not. No, he's right. Which way is the bathroom? If you're a duck, <laughs> yeah. Which way is the restroom? So with that question, we're gonna end the show. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. Jim. Really appreciate it. Cool. And uh, we will see you at the thing. Uh, if you can, if January I, 28th, Hot Shoe Hall of Fame. I will slip you a couple extra bucks and uh, no we'll come, I might be able to get what's, in. What's so with everybody. T-shirt and Levi's only. You don't come dressed up. So what we say at the end of the show is we will see you out in the trail. Cheers. <laughs>